everybody, welcome to episode 552 of Conversation Street, the Cronish Street podcast. It's Christmas! Featuring me, Gemma. That's and me, Nadia Holder, and Michael. I'm nice. as well. Hello. Uh, we are talking about the episode. Do you like our Jingle Bells music on? It is that time of year, Gemma. Are you excited about Christmas? Um, yes. Gemma loves Christmas. I do like Christmas. You love it almost as much as Sally Carmen de tea, and that's saying something. Uh, do you know what though? I don't eat as much food as I used to, and I know that makes no sense to you. That actually hurt me in real life. I so, thought you were going to say you don't eat as much food as Sally Carmen. So, Sally Carmen and I had a hot dog eating competition, and she absolutely trounced me. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? I was saying, half of the excitement about Christmas is getting to eat all the stuff. Yeah. Like, the festive foods, and I, I can't, like... I, you don't room. have as big an appetite as you used to, do you? So, I don't know what happens. I want to eat mince pies, I can't be bothered. My festive tip is the really delicious and tasty toffee, custardy, delicious, caramelly trifle that Marks and Spencer's they have been doing They don't do it, I'm sorry. What? They're not doing it this year. Really? Yeah, no, You're breaking this to me gonna... live on air. Oh, yeah, this is all this I want for Christmas to I eat. I know, I'm really sorry. The Marks and Spencer's tasty trifle. I'll show you, I've been looking this. I'm gutted by that. I know you are. It so was am I. like the nicest pudding I've been ever. I'm trying to Google how do you make this goddamn. <laughs> have you really? Yeah. That's it's so not going to be as good, so it's no, I'm not going to bother. No, oh, I'll have to find something else. It's it. okay. I'll get over it. No, it's fine. I'll so get it's over a it. Caramel trifle. I'm sure I've looked for this, and I don't do. It. I don't understand why. Oh, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. We need to go really to the street to talk about today. I'm really, really sorry, everybody. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, okay, so it is Christmas time. Things are getting a little bit busier here at Conversation Street Towers. We haven't got a bonus podcast last uh, this week. Sorry, I'm getting that out of the way now. So this this is your lot for this week, everybody, where we're going to be doing street talk, talking about that. We got we got big news this week because of all the precinct stuff. So um, hopefully it should still be a great episode for you, even if it is all for the week. And you know what beginning of December also means? Actually, two things, Gemma. New podcast. I forgot this. New podcast yeah. cover. Jingle, jingle. Oh. No, we've done that one. We've got a new cover image for this year, haven't we? Well done. Very Michael tasteful, very... paper craft, cutout style thing. Knocked up in 30 minutes. I literally did. I was, I was sitting in bed with you on Saturday morning. It's like, oh, God, I've got to come up with a podcast. I've been saying that I haven't got a very And that's just a small go and do insight into our, into our pillow exciting talk. marriage. <laughs> and then I was like, right, I'm just going to go and have a look. Did a little bit of Googling, found a paper cutout <laughs> picture. I was like, right, I'm stealing that and sticking some ducks on it. And it worked. This is why so, we don't have kids, because I, I don't need anybody else to come to me on Saturday morning and go, look what I just made. It's nice, isn't it? Look at this. Nice, everybody. I'm quite happy with it this year. It's like last year's one, but but more kind of daytime and, and fluffy. It's like you made it with a cricket machine. Yeah. Um, so that's cool, cool. Also beginning of December, of course, means the Conversation Street Awards. So look out for news on that very, very soon. Yeah. Not happening yet, but it's happening. Mm. Who's going to win? I'm really, I'm really curious to find out this year what's going to happen with those awards. Because, you know, it's not been a vintage year for Coronation Street. At least for us, anybody. Maybe you think differently. Um, now, because it is getting close to the end of the year, Rebecca also takes this week to tell us um, how we've been scoring Coronation Street for the year. And um, let me tell you, Gemma... Go on then, you can tell me anything. I scored this week's Coronation Street, this year's Coronation Street, sorry, an average of 3.28 out of 5. Really? Yeah, that's that's not bad really, is it? I mean, I know we've had some lowies, we've had some in the twos or below, but so 3.28, just goes to show we've not been moaning about it all year. You scored it 3.49 on average out of five in yeah, the past so, 52 weeks. So what, so would, you say, what would you say? Oh, right, Cronish Street is really average this week. I'm going to give it... Probably like a, a, probably a three, yeah, I'm going to say, is my three. average. Three yeah. and a half is average plus. 
Um, so so wow. there we go. Year, <laughs> Been a slightly better than average year it. in Coronation Street this year. Who'd have thought it? Um, we've also got an update on our characters of the week. So you might want to have a look at this because it's quite interesting. I'm just trying so to find you a Christmas pudding. Just, just don't. Just can give I just up. Tell you the best I can do for you is the Santa's cookie pot. Which sounds nice, but yeah. it's vegan. It's not, it's not the same. I've, I've got nothing against the vegan pud, but... Uh, not a creamy vegan just, pud. Just, I, I want to forget about it now. You just make me I'm sad sorry. every time you I'm bring sorry. it up. I'm sorry. Right, so um, Rebecca also has, over for many years now, been totting up how many times we've been giving each character character of the week. Yeah, so we have got this a, is combined. Up de- yeah, for all, over, for all the years that we've been doing it. We didn't do it right again, right. did we? And we've got a top ten for you here, kind of, for the year. So, well, not for the year, for the for the lifetime of the podcast. So, kind of top ten, but actually there's a joint eleven, so I'm going to do that. What's the difference between these two top tens? One of them is last year's. Sorry, I didn't say that. So, this is this year's top eleven-ish. So, at number oh, eleven... Hang on, no, 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 you're going to need to really explain this. So, the bottom this top is... ten is... Last year, and then yeah. the top one is just for comparison's sake. Um, hang on, no, it's this is this it's year added on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Continual. Yeah. Exactly. Because otherwise, this doesn't make any sense. It makes. I'll, I'll explain. No, because the first person would would have to have been character of the week every week, practically. No. Yeah. So this is okay. all of our. This is the number. So, for example, since the podcast started, yes. we have voted these characters character of the week fourteen times, and that is Liz, Tracy, Todd. Emma and Imran. Imran's so he, on there. He is on there. I don't think he's going to be character of the week anymore time, so expect him to be bumped out at some point. But yeah, I'm glad that Imran's made it into the list because he's a new entry for the top ten this year. He wasn't there last year, was he? And Emma wow. as well, a new, a new entry into the top ten. Oh, good. So congratulations to them. In ninth place, we've got Leanne and Debbie. That's pretty well, cool, getting Debbie like in there. Leanne, so how did that happen? We've, we've, we've liked Leanne more recently. I think so. We've, we've given Leanne character of the week twice this year. Yeah, so that's um yeah, so that's, that's not bad for her. Road, but yeah, yeah, Debbie is also yeah, brand new entry there. <laughs> um also we uh, storming into our top ten. Probably no surprise considering what people think uh, what people know about us, but Toya Battersby, she's been character of the week twenty times since the podcast she wasn't started. She won on the list last year, so she's wow. got right in there this year with those great stories. Brilliant. Um she's got her only score, a couple more as well to um Go past our next character of the week, seventh place, Evelyn Plummer. Fairly recent character there, so that is very, very good to have 21 character of the weeks from us. And this time last year, Evelyn only had 20. She's only got it once well, from one yeah. of us for the whole of this year. That's so mad. you better watch it, Evelyn. Toya is yeah. um, biting at your heels. Just, to, just to, in case it wasn't obvious, because it just dawned on me, um, there are 104 votes Per yeah. Year. Yeah. Exactly. And and that's not necessarily even true because sometimes I give uh, a score to somebody that you won't even <laughs> say as a character. Sometimes that might be, we can have a look at that in a minute as well. So um, up next in sixth place, um, no character of the weeks this year. So she's on shaky grounds here. Yasmin Metcalf, oh. twenty four characters of the week. Holding strong at number six. She is. That's pretty good. And you need now to we do this more like a DJ, Michael. I don't listen to the radio ever. No, I, I just do it in my own style. I'm better than, remember last week, I'm better than um, Judy Finnegan. That's what I'm going for, just to maintain that. So at and number five, too. we've got David Platt. 25 characters of the weeks. Again, none this year. Yeah, still I, number five. And I, I wonder how many sheet he got last year as well. He's not had a, he's not had a busy couple of years as David, has so, he? So watch a, out. This is a very interesting. Carry on, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, joint third place. <laughs> is that all you wanted to interrupt me to say? This is interesting. It is interesting because I think what's happened is we've given a lot of character of the weeks to, to lots of different people that yeah. 
that, ha- that hadn't traditionally one, been one on our top ten. Twice, yeah. Yes. Top th- uh, three now. So joint third, we've got Pat Phelan and Sally Metcalf. So, um, yeah, David, Yasmin, Evelyn, Toya, they could potentially overtake um, Pat and they Sally, can, giving no, them a good 2023, I reckon. Pat, he's not going to get any more. He, he ain't going to get no more, is he, is Pat? Um, we, they're going to have to go a little bit further, though, for our top two. Now, this time last year, our top two was a, a joint between Pat, Sally and Abby. Um, and the, but this year, Abby has kind of she's gone a little ahead. way ahead, hasn't she? She's had, she had a good spring. 31 character of the weeks now, as Abby is on. But uh, I tell you what, even Abby Franklin is going to... Or Webster, I suppose I should say. <laughs> she's going to have to go an awful long way to dethrone our number one queen, who queen is Jenny Connor. Yay! With 49 character of the weeks. Congratulations, Jenny. Although, I have to say, only one vote but the whole of the year, was it me or was it you? I don't even remember. So um, it's I don't think she's going to be overtaken anytime soon, but I do hope that over the next year or two we get a big meaty juicy Jenny storyline so <laughs> that she can just maybe pip 50 carats of the week. Let's just try and give her at least one more. But anyway, thank you very much, Rebecca, for sending us those. And I just thought out of interest, you might also like to know who's got their very first character of the week mentioned this year well some some people might have got more than these but these are on one vote so joseph got his first one this year he was he's got one point kirk for some reason i don't even remember what that was Stu got one vote so did so did mrs crawshaw hope stape that's really interesting she has got one point one character of the week in all these years that hope's been a bit of a fan favorite maybe not around these parts i guess glenda shuttleworth um, has got a, a point. The, the Bishop has got a point. Wendy Flaming Crozier and Fern Linden and also Aaron, one point each as well. Nice one. Yeah, so it's all, all I mean, they, they join the prestigious ranks of um, such greats as um, Peter Van Man. <laughs> Everyone's favourite, I swear. I want him to get another one. He needs and to Coco come back. Yeah, Coco the dog, Mimi, they're, they're on one point. Even Rita is on one point as well. Hasn't so what's going on? I've got one point. Um, where were we read? Yeah, Adam's got one point, but that that was that was not this I year. Take it off then. It sucks. Yeah. So um. Anyway. Oh, actually, that, that was before. I'm just scrolling. Well up done. Rebecca. Yeah. Thank anyway, you very much. Congratulations to all those people. Great um, there's there's many more that we could say. Like da- Daisy has got her first character this year. She's on two. Phil got two this year as well. Mister Thorn got two. Um, <laughs> What about Griff? Has he got any? I don't think Griff has got maybe any yet. Maybe he's going to no, get one by the end of this Yeah, episode. you never know. Maybe, maybe Griff <laughs> will that, get a character this week. Is that acceptable? I don't know. Right, we'll I get, if you can give it about. to Pedo Van Man, yeah. you can give it to Racist. If, I think if racist they deserved that, it. it. I don't know. Well, we've got things to talk about there, I think. Um, so, thank you very much. I hope you find that interesting, listeners. I certainly do. I kind of like to know the stats. You've all been all been sharing with us your stats about how much you've been listening to Conversation oh, yes. Street on Spotify recently. Did we mention that on last week's podcast? I, I can't so. remember because um, so. it was the season that um, Spotify Did you get told everyone. Spotify information. I well, no, know. because I don't listen to anything on Spotify. I do we could probably sign into Spotify and find some end of year stats, but now is not the time for that because we've got plenty to talk about this week and. Christmassy quiz, an advent quiz, Gemma. Have you got some taxing questions to tickle the old noggin here? Um, well, I've got some ones you're probably like, <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. I love a good moany question. I'm gonna score myself this week. I am indeed. Right, here's what I've Start, to commence. Do. Quiz takes place between the 5th and the 9th of December in years ending in two and a seven, and I source the information from Granite Street. Did you manage to stick to years ending in a two and a seven this year? Yes. Yay! Point for Gemma. Hooray! <laughs> Your first right. type of point on the quiz. Right, go on. 5th of December, 1997. What advice 
does Deirdre chicken out of giving to Liz when Liz laments her life is going completely wrong? Oh, um, she she says she says don't ah uh, nineteen ninety seven ah uh, don't take Jim back. No, oh. no, no, no. I'm gonna give you a clue. Okay. Um, I think you should think about a constant criticism of Liz that if she perhaps had listened or been told this in 1997, oh, yeah. that she might, her life might indeed have been different. So Deirdre was going to advise her something, but she didn't. Yeah. I don't think Liz would have listened. Was it to so. do with her fashion sense? Yeah. Stop wearing short skirts. You, you need to dress your age. Yeah. yeah. Half, half a point I'll give myself for that oh, one. Oh, right. Well, you're in charge. <laughs> 5th of December, 2007. Where do Jack and Vera tell Tyrone, Molly and Paul that they're moving to? And why does it panic Paul? Blackpool. Yeah. Why does it panic? Um, why does it panic Paul? Because he's trying to steal money off of them and that's probably related somehow. Is that related to that? What did you say? Paul's trying to steal money off them. No. Oh, it's, I mean, house, it's, money, inheritance. I'm just throwing words out here. What do you mean? You knew the answer to this before. When? You, we've talked about this before. Oh, go on, I don't know. Uh, Paul borrowed money against their house under Jack's name. Oh, yeah, you did talk so about that move. last week, didn't you? Okay, no, no point to that. 5th of December 2012. Why does Tommy want Tina to have an abortion? Christmas abortion time. Why does Tommy want Tina so to have an abortion? <laughs> I always like to bring out the good stories because, at Christmas, don't I? <laughs> because it's actually a surrogate baby. Right. What's that? So what? Um, he wants to give her his own baby. That's a bit grim. <laughs> Make well, way for Tommy. <laughs> no. Well, um, I mean, I'll give it to you. Yeah. Well, who's she having the baby for? It She's having the baby, baby for Gary and um, and Izzy, isn't she? But yeah, Gary so surely hasn't come on to Tina by no, this the, point. No, the the the, the surrogacy is putting a strain on their relationship. Oh yeah. Yeah right. Okay, yeah, that's I a point. I just put that in because I thought I remember it was the surrogacy. Um, quite uh, interesting. How yeah, it was. Um, well, no, I'm just talking about Summer and Aaron, similar sort of situation. Oh yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Sixth uh, of December, nineteen seventy-two. Stan considers retiring after Hilda gets a job at the Capricorn Club washing dishes for £1.50 a night, making it her which number job? How many jobs does this make it? <laughs> oh, come on! Come on! I will. Come on, that's a silly question. Uh, mm, mm, no, it's horrible noises. Fourth. Fifth. Oh, that's really clear. I could have said anything. You could, you could have said anything. Oh, man. But the right answer was the only one I was going to okay. accept. Okay, okay. Right, I got two and a half points out of five so far. 6th of December, 2002. Who does Sally part ways with just before her wedding to Kevin? Who does she part ways with? Well, you know. No, I don't know what you mean. Well, you know, you... relationship-wise. Uh, uh... 2002, I don't know. Uh, who's Sally going out with in classic Coronation Street at the moment? I can't even remember. Um, 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 was it a permanent parting of the ways? Or temporary? No, answer the question. Rita. 
No, it's a romantic <laughs> relationship. Oh. What's that got to do with how no. you're married to bloody I don't know, Kevin? I thought that maybe like, that sorry, Rita would... Sorry, Rita, I'm getting married now. I won't have time to come round and clean your bunions. Um, it wasn't Danny. I can only accept Martin? answers that aren't posed in the form Martin. of a question. Martin, Martin. It was Alex Jordan. I've got no idea who that I've is. I've never heard of this man Alex before. Alex Jordan. Look I wonder whether, do you think Cropedia's gone through it and like put in misinformation? Yeah, I think so. Okay. You know those fake roads that they put into maps? Yeah. Right, come on. Got to give me, am I going to get some more points or are these tricky ones coming up as no, well? No, you should to get this. Okay. 6th of December, 2017. Alia, Luke, David, Shona, Tim and Sarah break the news of which character's death to various residents. But this person isn't actually dead. Gary Windass. That's right. He faked his own death or something. He didn't fake his own death. He put his bag in a car that got blown up. In Ukraine. In Ukraine. Yeah. And since then, it's only gotten worse there. <laughs> Is it related to, to Gary do it going over there? We mm. can't We can't speculate. He, he'd, have, he'd have fought off Putin, wouldn't he, if he was still there, I tell you. 6th of December, 2017. Dropped a roof on him. Who does Norris dress up as for Grandfathers for Justice? Na 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 Batman. Yes. Seventh of December, nineteen ninety two. Curly and Reg decide they need a mother Christmas. So who do they pick? Oh, do they? <laughs> mother Christmas. Mother Christmas. Nineteen ninety two. Yes. Seventh of December. Curly and Reg. Um. Mother Christmas. I'm probably very, very wrong here, but I'm... Oh, what could it be that one? Oh, I'm going to say Phyllis. Yes. Yay. Now, I don't think you're going to get this one. Okay. And I also have to say, a lot of more exciting things than this happened on this day. Mm. Well, yeah. I, it was a very... It's, it, Which 9th one? of December is this. Is it a bit of an anniversary day? December. Oh, okay. 2017. Yeah. What is Angie's baby, George, diagnosed with at the hospital... Do you remember this? I do remember this. <laughs> I remember he was diagnosed with something. And Mary got a bee in a bonnet about it. An allergy. Yeah. To, to pollen. No. Oh no, gluten. No. No. Oh, what was it? It's it's like a weird one that you're like oh. No, go on. What was it? Fructose. Fructose. Ah, oh, of course. The old fructose Foolish allergy. Of me. A 9th of December, two thousand and two. This is your final question. Okay. Maria and Vic returned from holiday in Barbados and split up. Maria and Vic? But what sinister activity has Vic been involved in? Vic? When was this? 2007? Two. 2002. Oh, yeah. Oh. We mentioned oh, about yes. he, had... he had a suitcase of <laughs> drugs. Drugs. It wasn't. It wasn't Rastafarian wigs. Was it drugs? Yes, it was. It was drugs. Yeah. He was smuggling drugs in Maria's bag. Yes, knew it. Naughty that, that man. Was, that's what leads to um, Vic Hunt leaving the show as well. Sad. Is that it? One, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, six and a half out of um, uh, eleven or so. That's that's all right. That's all right. I'll take that this right. week. Nice Christmassy quiz. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It's funny how it's all. It all gets themed for Christmas. <laughs> get Who Christmas. has got a birthday this week, Gemma? 10th of it. December, Stephen Houston, who played Eddie Windass, and Stephen Billington, who played Greg Kelly. Nice. 11th of December, you got Nigel Bavaro, who played Terry Duckworth. Oh, I love him. Joy Akinoy, A Reddit favourite. Angie Appleton. Molly Gallagher plays Nina. Happy birthday, Nina. 12th of December, Susie Hush, 
Katie Kavanagh played Julie Carr. Who's Susie Hush? This is very important. Stephen Arnold. <laughs> I think she's that. a producer, isn't she? I don't know. Stephen Arnold, he played Ashley Peacock. Yeah. 13th of December, Angela Crowe played Doreen Lostock. To Kelly Dorgu played Kelly Crabtree. Do you mean Doreen Lostock? God damn it. Do I? <laughs> yes, I think you do. We're low on stock, Miss Lowstock. Do you remember that? Oh. Is that right? We'll, we'll... Paula Wilcox, who plays Elaine Jones. That's new. Oh, happy birthday, Paula Wilcox, who plays Elaine Jones. 15th of December, Michael Laval, who played Kevin Webster. And the 16th of December, Nicholas Cochrane, who played Andy McDonald. Happy birthday, all those lovely people. Right, um, that was a very long intro to the podcast. I suppose we better go on and talk about what's been going on in the street this week, yeah? Um, do, do people want to hear... Yes, because they want to know that we liked it or not this week, after last week's um, somewhat negative uh, review. I'm going to tell you who Susie Hash was. Okay, let's. I'm, I'm not going to let the listeners let's play no, some music. No, um, no. Oh, go on. She was a producer yeah. and writer on Coronation Street, also Grange Hill. Oh, interesting. Good fact. for her. Good. It's time for Street Talk. Okay, street talk for this week. So, did we enjoy this week's Coronation Street or not? I think, I'm thinking that we kind of talk through the episodes and then we'll see what people can, can figure out for themselves, whether we enjoyed it as I'm, we go. Oh, okay. Don't want don't to spoil it for anybody. We don't want to also bias anybody. What do you mean? You know, by coming out the gate and saying, oh, it was terrible. I, I don't want to, <laughs> but it might not have been. It might have been brilliant. Was it summer in it this been. week? Oh dear. <laughs> anyway, we're going to start off with the Max Dreamism storyline. That's been a favourite for a little while, hasn't it? So that's got a top billing this week as well. You might have to move that because you put oh, sorry, it I'll put the, right in front of I'll me. I'll put it right in front of the notes. There you go. Um, Read in the Red is going to be next. Stephen, what's been up to this week? Here's a good storyline title, yeah. Gemma. John's Tape. Yeah. John's Tape. Yeah, John's Tape. John's, John's tape. tape. John's Tape. That's a good one. He wants to read Little Women um, with me. Su- Summer Baby is going to yeah, come next. Yeah, it was Little Women, a study guide to Little Women we heard this week. Was that actually Graham Hawley being brought back? He wasn't in the credits. By the time we were recording this, the episode hasn't been on, so there hasn't been a big thing saying, oh, look, it was Graham Hawley who returned to to voice Little Women. Or did he do that originally in the time? I whether he made that for Sally. Yeah, I know. I'm wondering whether that was something from the archive footage. Oh, I should have asked Biff and Dom, shouldn't I? Anyway, people will know soon enough. Um, We've then got the Jacket in U2 storyline, the uh, continuing uh, misadventures of Steve and Tim, um, followed by the Kennard. I mean, they don't Artois. die at the end of this, just no, so you know, no. so don't get look um, forward to a good ending. And then the Lawrence storyline, and I wanted to try and come up with something that was kind Lawrence, of festive yeah. and dentist related, and the best I could come up with was a stocking. You've got something wrong with your teeth. Stocking filler, because he, he does fillings, and it's a stocking. Christmas. Not so good, is it? Right, Max Dreamism this week. So um, on Monday, Maria is banging on about Griff again to Gary in the cafe. Gary's not really had much to say this week, has he? He's just kind of been standing behind Maria in the background thinking, oh. He's like, well, I can't murder anybody, so I don't know what my use is. Of he's, he's, just, he's just restraining himself. He's really holding himself back from murdering Griff. Maybe that's how this is all going to end. He's just going to burst out of his shell and... Who knows? Uh, Anyway, she's worried because she's going to a council meeting later about the Christmas market or something uh, or other because it seems that Victoria Street has a Christmas market now every year. They had and it they last don't year, plan they? it until the day before. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And Maria's in charge. Yeah, uh, something like that. This is why I think that they should open up the uh, the Brewery Lane area because they're just basically closing off that road to traffic for the best part of... Well, it seems to be a month now, isn't it? Because part of the meeting um, later on is saying we can't call it 
Christmas market because it's going on till January. So there's literally no traffic going down Victoria Street. All the passing trade that Archie Shuttleworth is missing. I was like, I know, wow, he's dead. Tragic stuff. He won't, what? won't miss it. He's not dead. Archie Shuttleworth. Oh, sorry, uh, George Shuttleworth. Quite I meant Archie out, Shuttleworth is definitely dead. Um, um, well, everybody knows. You know, December's not a very busy time for shops. <laughs> I, pff, I anyway. It's going on, and um, and there's this nasty councillor Len who um, who went to the papers about Sally having a wee in the street. He's going to be say there this, as well. Everybody, and I don't know if we're just horrible. Pe- well, I know we're horrible people. But I don't I'm know if this not, is I'm why. Lovely. This is why I have this thought. But um, I was totally on Len and Griff's side this week, being horrible to Maria, just because. I think this is where um, the story has hit a bit of a snag. I, I, I can't get behind her at all. <laughs> um, but let's, let's see as we go. Well, don't, I could get behind her. She's standing in front of a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But even Billy survived that with Maria. Um, oh, she's he doesn't. So, he doesn't have the power of angels she's to got um, a carry him gently to the ground. Spray, so she probably just bounce off. <laughs> Hilarious. Anyway, so um, we have, we have Manir coming back. Who was the? Um, can we have a council? Uh, can we have the community centre and turn it into a refugee sanctuary type man from last week? And he's there with Maria and Yasmin and Speed Dial. He's still not sure about whether they should do this centre, not with Griff around, because having him hanging around intimidatingly and menacingly outside community centre just kind of makes it not worth the effort, it seems. He doesn't seem it's to not, think that no, Weatherfield is the right hang area. On, he's not saying it's not worth the effort. He's saying this is a this is a facility for vulnerable people who already face discrimination i don't really want to chuck them into the jaws of a bunch of racists you yeah maybe um, i think um on uh on our facebook group i'm pretty sure it's shannon that brought this up like she's she's so entitled and ignorant this white woman's trying to come in as their savior talking about maria here yeah. she won't listen to him when she say he's saying we're not going to open the center because there's a bunch of racists that are trying to shut it down. It's not a good idea. And she's like, no, no, don't worry about it. We'll show that. It's like, well, yeah. No, it's not down to you to decide this, Maria. Just listen to him when he tells you what's in his best interest for him. But Gemma, you forget community. one very important God, thing tell here. Me, what is it? It's been a lifelong dream to turn the community centre into a refuge drop-in point, hasn't it? Come on, we all know this. Okay. Um, so I, I neglected to remember. <laughs> um, Alia comes in and she says, um, I, "You never guess what? You know that poll last week that Griff did that said everybody wants the the centre, though nobody wants the centre being used for refugees. Well, he's only gone and falsified the results of that survey. How do you know? and I don't really know how she knew that. And he's like, I don't care because if they he's probably gone said. To that, much of an extreme length. To he says, what else would they go? If you go so far as to falsify a poll, he could be capable of anything. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> respects internet polls and their integrity. Yeah. Somebody just who'd like, be willing to break that social contract. Just like when... Goodness knows what they would do next. Just like when Trump falsified that poll that made him the president of the United States. And then why did trouble. he go on to after Don't that? Don't get us in trouble. <laughs> I know he's back on Twitter now, isn't he? He could Is roast he on Twitter? us. I, I know, I know that Elon... Added him, but I oh, I don't know, I don't yet. know. Um, that's, uh, so anyway, Yasmin. on first name terms. <laughs> Yasmin comes up with a great idea. So what if they made up their own petition? Genius, Yasmin. This was. We could get people to tick a box to say, no, we do want the centre turned into a drop-off point for, I... or as a refuge point for refugees. Yes. I was just tearing my face off at the feeble-mindedness of this entire <laughs> week of 
Cool. You're, you're showing your cards too early, Gemma. I know. I really hate to say this, that like this this week again, like last week, it took us so much longer to watch than normal because we kept pausing it to rant about what the hell was going. What is this? It's not the biggest pause for a rant. That comes in the in the hope storyline. The thing later. is, though, I don't really want to, to spend too long bashing it because I don't want to be negative. And we've spoken before about how much we admire Coronation Street and, and how hard it must be to to write it. And come up with everything, but I can't, I really find this some some of what happened this week is kind of <laughs> indefensible. <laughs> well, Yasmin's going to make up. You her know own what? Poll. I'm just going to say, not for me. You know, no, not for me. It, it, it's always got something for us. No, no, no. I'm just saying the bits I didn't like. I'm just going to say, not for no, me. No, they've got a, they've got a fish for a wide audience here. They've got to spread their nets. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Not for me. Exactly. I'm agreeing, I'm agreeing with you. Anyway, so why don't we use the Christmas market to drum up support for our poll or something or other? So Maria goes to the meeting later and she's trying to convince all the other councillors about this refugee petition idea. Well, her thing. idea is like, right, we're going to have a Christmas market, but I want a whole stall and it's just a petition that people have already voted on to say they don't want refugees. But yeah. we're only going to let people that do want refugees to sign the poll and we need a whole depth. Yeah, but they add more depth and layers to this poll later, don't they? Well, this is as far as she's got so far. And Len's like, well, that's crap. No. Also, Len doesn't want to call it Winter Market because it's PC gone mad. I, well, as soon as she said, do you know what we should do? You should call it Winter Market because it's going to be in January as well. I was like... Maria, where do you think you live? <laughs> Have you not heard people talking about this stuff for years and years and years? This is like in America when they go on about Starbucks and their red cups and you can't say Merry Christmas, you have to say Happy Holidays. It's like, you can't just call it Winter Market and not have somebody like Len go, oh, you're trying to ruin Christmas. You're cancelling Christmas. Well, maybe Maria has also been looking at the other poll result that Vogue came out recently to say that less than 50% of people mm. on the census identified themselves as Christian last time. I know, time. but I would also say that um, more people who aren't Christian celebrate Christmas than people who are Christian. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, so it's all a bit fraught and everything there. She goes back to speed dial and gets a phone call. Uh-oh, words got out. Who says I want to cancel Christmas? I just said it. <laughs> Gemma, it was Gemma. She's been to the papers, everybody. No, Maria has a go at Len in the street because he happens to be walking down the road later, of course. And she says, I can't believe you leaked this to the press that I don't want to call it the Christmas market. And now people are saying that I'm the Grinch and I don't want to don't want to celebrate Christmas. And Len's like, no, I want me. Um, but, but yeah, he clearly is against the idea of this. Um, and Maria says, I know what you're thinking. It's just PC gone mad. <laughs> it's PC gone mad. But it's not going to work. Poor Peter gone mad. That's what he does when he gets the gets the whiskey, isn't it? Yeah, don't let him near the mold wine. No, uh, yeah, exactly that. And she says it's not going to work. Nobody's going to care. Just leave it. But um, it goes a little bit wrong for her by the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm sorry, but <laughs> I just so mean. I, I know I I don't I don't, don't want to be on the side of everyone here. Like Maria should be the beacon of. Like everything, Maria and Alia. You, like honestly, you should you should aspire to be like Maria and and Alia because they're both beautiful, kind, thoughtful, considerate, caring, passionate. They put ideas into they're actions. Pure. And but I'm just watching this going, ah, yeah, get her. <laughs> Go on, so she's, her. she's been done a pretty good Photoshop, I have to say, of the Grinch. Yeah, well, it's Maria's, really it's job. her profile picture, or her press picture, photographed to make her look like the Grinch. It was a pretty good job, actually. And that's whoever did that on the Cory Digital team. And the headline. <laughs> yeah, local councillor. <laughs> As 
castle. castle. I just loved it. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is great. Is this Christmas Day? <laughs> it's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're not supposed to have this reaction, are we? I don't think we are. Are we? I don't know. And are we, we the are. only ones that did? Listen, are we really day, horrible? At the end of the day, we enjoyed that. And that's the most important thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and and <laughs> we 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 we. I've got more of a. New I think you're supposed to think it's funny. I think you're supposed to are yes. a little bit, and then kind of feel ashamed for yourself. No, no I, I appreciate Maria and have more time for her now since we saw um, Samia filming those scenes in the summer. Oh, Samia's fantastic. Samia's, Samia's got great. a brilliant sense of humour too. She's awesome, and she understands that she's not, you know, one of our favourite can- uh, characters at the <laughs> moment. So I'm sure she wouldn't mind us saying this. I don't. It does, it's fine. It was honestly, funny. Maria, like. Okay. She's a classic. She's a Corrie oh, legend, is isn't she? She's been around for you know, nine or twenty years, hasn't she? But she gets she? bad news though, Michael. But at the bad... end of the end of the episode, she gets yes, worse. The news. council tell her that they don't want this refugee petition stall idea. Like, thinks it's you know that Christmas market that you want to have a refugee petition stall at. We decided it doesn't fit. The theme. Too much of a downer. <laughs> Well, she she got a new idea. Why didn't she do like we're gonna do a combination refugee, refugee petition and waffle stand? (laughs) Everyone was like, "Yeah, brilliant!" Go for that. that. Definitely go for that. So, um, (laughs) yeah, on Monday's episode, it's when she sees just the online. Um, article about her with the Grinch, isn't it? And Wednesday's episode opens with her going outside and finding yeah. the calling boy has got a picture of it Brilliant. from the, the actual I want front that poster. of the. <laughs> yes! Oh, we could put it on a wall of Corrie, couldn't we? Please, can we have a copy? Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so she's there trying to tear down this front page that's got, um, that's making fun of her, and then Griff drives by in his van and gives her a drive by mocking. Um, then we have Alia meeting up with Maria later on and tells her. You know what, Maria? I've had another idea. I've got a bit of a brainwave here. So, you know there's these shops here where you can buy stuff and the stuff you buy gets donated to refugees. We could do a stall like this. So when people are signing our petition saying, yay, um, yay community centre for refugees, they could also buy them a little Christmas present while they're there. They could buy them like a satsuma or something to to send to the third world. This took two scenes to explain what this meant. And at the end of it, it still didn't make any sense because the whole concept... Is nonsense. So they're not going to have things on the stall no. there, but they're going to have a little iPad or something, and you say, yes, please, I will uh, have Ali one is, nutcracker. No, Ali's expecting people to go to a Christmas market, go up to her stall, and she's like, hello, do you not want to buy yourself a Christmas present, but spend money anyway? And the people are supposed to say, yes, I don't care about the cost of living crisis. Um, that's perfectly fine with me. And then she says to them, great, that's the first hurdle over. Now give me your credit card mm-hmm. details and write them into my laptop. To be fair, no. I don't. I don't think this is as bad idea as Nobody's you do. Nobody's going you... to put their their bloody contact their their credit card details into her dodgy laptop. They might do. Well, they're, they're chumps then. I I don't think this is too bad of an idea. Honestly, I think it's quite nice, and I think a lot of people are actually pretty charitable. And I think that this is a better idea than just having a, a, a poll. But um, it's Maria's and Alia's idea, so obviously I'm still somewhat against it. Well, I'm just going to say, if they, they're going to, in my mind, I think my problem, partly my problem with it, is that they've got all these lovely little wooden um, cabiny kind of, like, uh, stalls, don't they? With like, all some yeah. nice wood, and it looks like a little hut, and um, they, they will have decorations on it. But that, in my mind, Ali's just standing like in, like, a blank one. With her, with her laptop going, do you want to buy a present for someone else? <laughs> no! Do you want to buy a present for Alina's grandma? <laughs> wait, wait till she finds out that this already exists on Amazon 
and you can do this at so home. This the personal touch. And you don't have to go Arlie and get cold. And stand nice. awkwardly have Arlia explain to you when you're oh, freezing your and you just want spirit, just want to go and get a, a nice Christmas pancake from the stall next door or some hot chestnuts and she's talking to you about just put your credit card details in here and you can buy a candy cane. No, I think it's fine. I think it's fine, honestly. Anyway, so um we also find out, because um, it's related to this story, that What's Griff... wrong with a good old charity tombola? What's wrong That's with what a I naked say. calendar shoot like they did the other year? Well, the ladies this time. If Alia and Maria want to raise money for charity, here's my idea. Start OnlyFans. No. Yeah. They get a load of money. She was... After that experience Maria had earlier this week, uh, earlier this year, sorry, where she was deep faked into a rather rude Well, then she video. could just do it for free. Like, she'd just deep fake herself on OnlyFans. <laughs> Quiz in. Right, okay, good. We need to move on. We're going to a snail's place here. So, Griff's going to be sorting Tracy's roof out because he's a builder, everybody remember. Or slightly sorting it out. I don't... He's tidying he's, it he's up. He's tidying it up a bit because Arlie can't some flashing Anyway, um, so that's happening. Also, later on, Alia is talking to Yasmin, explaining how this stall idea is going to work. She also talks to her about Griff boasting about being in the army earlier because she walks past him and he's like, hey, I was in the army. And then Stu says, oh, I wonder if that's a way that I could get through to Griff. He wasn't in the army, he was in the navy. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Sorry, he was, Griff said he was in the military. And Stu says, I was in the military, I was in the navy as well, remember? So maybe us, um, us ex-military folk can um, can find common ground there. And Yasmin's like, don't get involved, Just Stu. Just don't talk to He's him. He's a massive racist. But Stu can't help himself. He's going to the pub later and Griff's there hanging around by this scaffolding by number one. And Stu like does a double take and he's like, oh, shall I do it? Shall I, shall I defy Yasmin's orders? And he does as well. Because he wears the trousers in this house. Yeah, yeah. don't tell me what to do. And, and Griff's there chatting with Ed um, because, because uh, Griff... Is, 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 well, they're both builders, they're and both Ed's like, builders I've got some talking about building, building things. He oh, yeah, that's in... right. He borrows some tape, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And um, and Griff, uh, uh, Stu goes, oh, uh, yeah, you were in the military, like, were you in the army? And Griff's like, no, I was in the navy. And Stu says, oh, snap, so was I. I was in the navy too. Hey, we're both navy together. And Griff's like, oh, this is how I'd feel. That's nice. So anyway, what? I've got work to do. Great, good job for you. <laughs> oh, and he kind of turns away because he's like, he he knows that Stu's involved with Yasmin and and, and all that lot that he um does not. Um, he doesn't, he's, he's not the biggest fan of people working in speed dial at the moment. So, Stu is a little bit suspicious of Griff not wanting to talk to him at length about his time in the Navy. Maybe he's got PTSD, Stu. You thought of that? Yeah, if you thought of that, maybe he killed maybe a man Maybe his mate's submarine hands. sank or maybe something. Maybe he ran over someone with a speedboat. Maybe he sailed into a landmine. Yeah, would, sailed into a landmine. Not a landmine. A landmine at sea. <laughs> what do you call like, those? This is unexpected. <laughs> Oh, I was trying to say something funny that it didn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean, everybody. Anyway. <laughs> That's why the, the clue's in the name. <laughs> yeah, we just imagine we're okay, we're going to unleash our greatest weapon against the British Navy. <laughs> just going to throw landmines at them. <laughs> no, we won't see it coming. Princess Diana's going to be on that, Gemma. Oh, my God. Right, anyway. landmines, <laughs> 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 but for the sea. Oh, that Canadian jute farmer, he was right, I tell you. So, has he got something to hide? <laughs> Stu says. And Griff's like, I'm, I'm not in any mood to engage with this. Stop talking to me. I don't care. And then Ed comes over well, with Dee Dee. He's he? got his flashing to do, hasn't he? He's not there for chatting, he's there for working. Oh, it's a bit cold for flashing, isn't it? I'd wait until the summer months. Well, it depends on how thick this tape is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
<laughs> it's going to be one of those it's episodes, silly, isn't, isn't it? it? It's going to be a little bit silly. Little bit silly today. So Ed comes over with Dee Dee because Ed's new best mate, Griff, turns out he's actually a massive racist. Yeah. And Dee Dee knows about this and she's told her dad and Ed comes over and is like, I've heard all about your racist ways and come on my tape back, please. You're not allowed to use this to tape anything up. Yeah. I know that this was supposed to be a big kind of like, yeah, statement, but it just, it was a bit kind of like, my daughter told me I've got to take my tape back off you, please. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just really petty. Like, it would, surely, I don't know, it would have been more powerful if, if I'd have been like, keep your tape, but I think you're a scum. Scumbag. You're fixing my neighbour's roof. It's more beneficial that you have the tape. Mm. I just, a, I, I don't did, know. I found it kind of interesting that Griff was willing to engage socially with Ed anyway. I, uh, I thought that was interesting too, yeah. Because uh, it seems that most of his ire is directed towards members of the Muslim community. He does seem, to, yeah. Um, yeah, it's but, kind of a bit gross to imagine that he probably thinks Ed is one of the good ones, which is just really yeah. But Ed, Ed does make a thing, doesn't he? Of saying, oh, "I'm a I'm a proud son of an immigrant." Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's a bit a little bit icky, but um, yeah, go ahead. Well, of course, it's supposed to be go icky. It's supposed to think that Grace is yeah. a, a disgusting, horrible man. Yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. yeah, it was. Um, I I wonder if we're gonna get into any thoughts of his about about or Griff's thoughts about why he prefers Ed mm. but I don't imagine we will do it's just it, but you're right I think the Ecclesia that are there obviously he doesn't like yeah he doesn't he's got um he's like Muslim he's Islam. scared of Islam yeah so Stu goes back to Speeddale later to tell them about Griff he's he's made up his mind at this point that he's definitely lying about being in the military what other reason could there be that he doesn't want to open up about it and Alia's like oh does he, he doubt he's had any lie about that I'm going to go and give him a piece of my mind girl so she goes up out to the number one again and finds Griff and his cronies um, in their van and she says oh I know all about your lies people you're supposed to be working for would find this very interesting if you're misrepresenting yourself and saying you used to be in the Navy but actually you probably just had a little sailboat in the bath when you were younger but he says look you better not tell anyone about this um, and because if you do then I'm gonna come and get you or something like that he basically do you think he was or wasn't in the military I think probably Navy? we're supposed to think he wasn't now okay it's like a bit of a funny thing to lie about but I suppose it it, it builds into the narrative of I fought for my country and now these people are coming into mm. it and ruining it or something like that. So I, I do wonder like, what if there's anything else that we think we know about him that, that isn't true? I don't know. Um, so anyway, so he kind of... Alia's standing up to him, but she's kind of left fairly shaken because he basically says, don't you tell anybody um, or else I'm going to get you. He hasn't admitted you. it though, has he? No, no. Stop trying to besmirch me. Stop yeah. trying to lead the smear campaign against me. So Dee Dee and Alia meet together in the cafe later and Dee Dee talks about, oh yeah, when I was working in LA, I whistle blew a racist and he was really hungry. And I got hunzy. an award for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a little star on a plinth and to say that, I, that I'm that um, i I'm a massive, uh, what, I can't remember what the award, Rising, Rising Star. star. She got the Rising Star. Her mum got the Golden Heart Award. I know, they're just an award-winning family. They are. James has probably got a few trophies on his shelves. Poor Michael. Yeah, what's Michael got? <laughs> no wonder he's like, oh, he's just trying to come up with these new inventions. He's just something is going to get him an award one of Maybe these Maybe he's going to get best t-shirt design at the Northwest Fashion Awards. Yeah, maybe. Because they um, have that, don't they? That's where um, they go... Colour in that yeah, all. yeah, they do every year. That one time, yeah. When they have a, <laughs> a minibus crash, um, yeah. And Ronnie, he's obviously the the buffest man in Weatherfield. He's a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. And Ed has flashing tape. 
<laughs> You're not having it. The flashest flashing tape in Weatherfield. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so she's got an award and um, isn't that wonderful? So, Alia phones the well, group no, for later. No, she just encourages Alia, doesn't she? She says... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because the story sorry. Was sort, it sounded like it was going to go, I... I, um, I, uh, I stood up to someone and I was rewarded and it all went for went wrong, so but maybe... actually it was... No, it went right this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you stand up to Griff, maybe you'll get an award or something as well. Maybe, so do you think... Maybe a soap award, eh? eh? Do you think Next there's a, like, check a trade? Do you think Checker Trade like gives somebody an award every year for the most annoying feedback for somebody? You know, I'm check. You know, Checker yeah. Trade. Yeah. Do you think there's an award every year for like the most negative feedback about somebody's work? And Alia could possibly win that. Definitely. For saying that Griff's a racist. Yes, I think so. I think so. So she phones up Arnie the Roofer, who's the guy that was having a. You know, having fun he's, with he's, Tracy the other week. He's basically hired Griff as a contractor a to come and do some kind of flashing tape. I don't, I don't really know what but, that but is. Griff didn't turn up with the flashing tape, so I think he yeah. should get fun. <laughs> um, Maria comes along. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, she phones up the boss and says, Yo, did you know that Griff's a racist? Then Maria comes along and says, Hey, guess what? Maria, um, uh, Alia, the council loved the idea of the refugee sales stall, but they're still not going to touch it till next year because it's too much of a risk. So, Griff, we then cut to a nice atmospheric rainy scene of him and his van on the phone to Arnie later, saying, oh no, this is a load of rubbish, don't you listen to them? And then, you know, within seconds he's told Arnie to shove his job. And then he puts down the phone and calls up Spider and says, right, we need to get the guys together in Victoria Gardens, we've got, we got a job to do. Um, and it was, I think that's what he said, or maybe he just said Spider come to Victoria, I don't really know, because what happens is that Alia is in the law offices later, isn't she? Her new place of work, remember? She's a she's a new lady of law with Dee Dee. We haven't seen any of it, but she is. And um, yeah, she's there just finishing off her jobs. And then Griff sneaks up no, on she her. Looks, she admires the award. She is admiring Dee Dee's award, yes, that has appeared on the desk. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he, uh, he, he pushes some paperwork off the table because he's so mean. Sorry, and he Bob. sits down and he sees Dee Dee's award. And he's like, oh yeah, it's nice they create these new categories so your lot get a bit of bling. Um, he's, he is actually, I thought, in that scene, getting quite intimidating. Well, yeah, because he's like, why are you here by yourself yeah. with this girl? In a darkened room. What are you room? doing? Why are yeah. you here? And, and, and Alia, she's... She's back yeah, she's, 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 she's not my favourite character, but she, she has been doing a pretty good job of trying to stand up to these I guys. I think she's very brave. She's, do, she's doing a lot more than most people would do. Yeah, yeah, she is. Um... And then, um, but then before, you know, he can, he can do anything, Spider kind of blunders up. Well, you know, he's pretending to blunder up to say, oh, what are we doing, boss? And um, Griff's like, I, he, I was just about to do some really serious, hardcore intimidating of Alia here. And you kind of ruin the atmosphere, you clown. But two people more intimidating than one. Yeah. Um, no, he, he kind of heads off but then before um, saying to Alia, you cost me money, so you owe me. I'll see you soon, yeah? So Alia goes... And he's got this really kind of sinister fake friendly yeah. demeanour doesn't he like, I think he's doing a good job of being a, a scary baddie I like him yeah. in a, in a like to hate way so Alia goes back to speed dial very shaken and, um, and Yasmin just, just tries to chivvy her up and chivvy her on and say well, you, know, you can come and help me unload the van later we'll keep you busy and so um, they're kind of there's a van parked outside Speeddale, wasn't there? And mm-hmm. Alia and Yasmin were going in and out with boxes, and, and Griff and the racists were doing their best intimidating. Fact, they're going, they're giving her evils from across the street, apart from Spider, who's just there going, oh, is it time that I, that oh, I stop being a racist? When are we going to do the big job so I can leave? Yeah, thank goodness by Friday, 
Uh, it looks like things are, the wheels more, yeah. are turning there. So Alia goes up to Griff and she's like, you can't oh, win hang on, this, no. Griff. This, at this point, everyone's gone and it's just her yeah. and Griff. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's Griff's right. Griff's sitting right. down and she goes up to him and starts yeah. having so a go you can't him. win. And then he kind of does a bit more goading for her. And then she turns <laughs> away. And actually, probably moment of the week and definitely an, an, ex, an unexpected one yeah, for me. Yeah. She does this amazing backwards she's elbow. Like, hey, yeah! Crack into the face. That was a good one, Alia. Well say, done. I didn't see that coming. the fanciest fight move we've seen on Coronation Street for a good 10 years. It was great. It was yeah. over very quickly, but it came out and she'd have got me. I tell you, I wouldn't yeah. have been able to dodge that Track bullet. right in the nose. Yeah. And um, he kind of, she, she walks off and she's like, Ooh, she, I she just ruins hurt. it by running off like okay. a scared Ooh, little mouse. She should have gone, yeah, and there's more of that. More of that Leave came me alone. From. She knows that she's now you know, assaulted someone, basically. So she kind of, she hobbles off down the cobbles, rubbing her elbow. And, <laughs> and then he, he jumps on the chance to make things look a lot worse. He kind of, he's got a bit of blood on his face. She really does a number on him, doesn't she? she? Just with a swift, swift elbowing. But he rubs it in to nose, make it worse. He's got his lip, yeah, yeah, yeah. his ear. And so he, he rubs it all over his face and then he films a selfie video saying, I've just been jumped by four Muslim men. Um, I, you know, the bar streets aren't safe, etc., etc." Um, and then uploads it onto his... No, he his... doesn't upload it, yeah. He just saves it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, it's to upload to social media, isn't it? Yeah. He saved it, yeah. Um, and I can't remember whether it was after... I think it was after this episode had finished. We kind of both turned to each other and said, it's going to go viral. It's going to go viral. <laughs> it's a video that's been filmed on Coronation Street. It's going to go viral. All right, and I also said maybe it'll show up on EastEnders as well. Like Could that, do. Like that fight between Maria and Tracy last year. If um, only we could get a viral video because we've have we got six thousand likes or anything? I don't, Probably, maybe we one don't thing. have six thousand likes on anything. I have to oh, say, yeah. no. We need Alia to punch or, us in the face. I bet she would be anything. quite happy too. <laughs> yeah, our um, our words with friends com- Coronation Street oh, yeah. game video is our best video on our YouTube channel. What's that's that got, got like ten thousand likes. Oh, so. that's good. Not likes, views. views. Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Well, if Griff wants to get more views, he just mm. needs to play that See, game. Well, that, that Charlie Jordan one we did recently, that's like our third best performing video ever on our YouTube channel now. So Tell thank you, you very much, Charlie should Jordan watch fans. If they want something new, what? should watch our quiz that we did with... Um... Ellie Mulvaney, yes. Oh, yes, we didn't even mention that at the beginning of the episode, did we? I uploaded a video nice, of me and Ellie. fun quiz game. That's got a couple of hundred Ken's. views, I think, so far. Ken's loves and losses. If your internet slowed down, that's because of the storm of people that have gone towards that. Sorry. Anyway, no, that was good. I, I, I spent a bit of time on Sunday morning making some editing, and I put some little yeah. pictures and little dings when she got one right as well. Yeah, so go and watch that proper, if you haven't. Yeah, it's video. It's that's a whole like one of my most video. produced things I've ever put on the yeah. channel. Anyway. I digress. It took four hours, that did. It really did. So, um, Alia is looking jumpy on Friday's episode as she comes down the stairs wearing a very nice green outfit, I have to say. Look good on her. Um, Stu spots that she's got a bit of a dodgy elbow, a bit of a bruise there, and Yasmin's like, what are you hiding from me, my girl? So later on, the Christmas market is in full swing and, and Griff's there looking dodgy as per usual. Alia, by this point, has confessed to Yasmin and Stu what she <clears> did last night with the whole elbowing of Griff in the face. Griff's only turned up because it's called the Christmas market, not the winter market. And was it actually called that? 
better be. That's what I'm, I'm gonna, calling otherwise it. Otherwise, I'm going to complain. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Max and Lauren find Griffin Victoria Gardens later because yeah, Max had, had been kind of strangely absent from the storyline this week until Friday. But now that a video has been uh, posted, it's it's all the balls in Max's court, isn't it? He's going to do his magic with that. So um, Griff's kind of laying on very thick about these these Muslim guys that supposedly beat him up the previous evening. And he says, right, you know what? It's time for the for ordinary decent folk like us to fight back. I've got a job for you, Max. You're going to help me make sure that nobody is terrorised by that sort ever again. Mm. Right. So also entering the storyline this week, the Allahans. So Dev, yeah. newly bearded. And Ardy nearly bearded. But yes, having a go at doing a beard. They, Ardy, it just looked like they? they both lost their razors. Yeah, maybe, or maybe they were late to late to work that day. They're maybe just... they were doing a Brush. different version of November, but it's beard December. Yeah. I think that Dev's just realised that everyone's grown a beard now. Billy's got a beard. David's got a beard. Keep Daniel's got warm. a beard. Yeah. Why don't you grow a beard? I don't know. I, I don't want a beard. I really, really wish you would. I'm I want not to see it. Growing a beard. Please. No. I wouldn't look look dashing like Please. Dev. I just look silly. Before I die, maybe before you die. Okay, and then we'll get a dog. <laughs> um, so the uh, the Allahans come to speed dial, and Yasmin and Stu tell them all about their latest run in with the racists, and um, they don't say exactly what happened because they don't want to get Alia looking uh, in trouble. It, it, they're not in trouble, but Alia's kind of looking kind of panicked, like you know she's going to get. Maybe this is for, just me, but if I if I elbowed a horrible racist in the face, I would tell everybody... I would be so night. excited to tell everybody, especially considering that... I know that she's just got this new job for Didi and she probably wouldn't be able to carry on doing that if it came out, because I would imagine that it would bring disrepute on her company. Mm. But she could certainly go back working for her gran. Mm. Well, you know what? She's very secure. Alia knows what happens when you mm. punch a racist, because when Luke punched a racist, he ended up having to go to court for that, didn't he? Oh, and then she he ain't died. Got time to... Yeah, exactly. Then he got shot by Pat Phelan. So Alia does not want to go to court and then get shot she's by Pat worried. Phelan, so she okay, wants to keep point. it on the down low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Don't tell everybody. Keep the story okay, cool. that it was actually or the one that's Griff saying. So, yeah, I suppose it's better, difficult. Yeah, she's kind of saying, well, I don't want people to know it's me, but I also don't want him to spread this false story. Sorry, but, but I, I really honestly think that if they don't have this reveal next week, if Ali doesn't come out and say, it wasn't four men, it was me, and I'm little, and he's a big coward. I know. It, it, it was, it's such an easy win, isn't it? Like, how stupid would Griff look? Yeah, if he was beaten up by a girl, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when Maddie punched him. Do you remember that time when she? And then she got blown up. See, don't uh, want doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so back at the flat, Max shows Griff this video he's been working on. So the project that Griff set him was to do a bit of fancy pants video editing. Well, it looks like he's he's filmed an entire new story arc. Well, it it the the video. It was I I, um, I didn't like it. I don't it think looked too professional. Audience. No, no, it looked too professional for Max because what we've seen Max so. do so far, but especially like the 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 video that he released of the community centre tour the other week was looked fairly amateur. But this, which was basically Lauren running up and down the ginnel, looking scared and kind of hiding around <laughs> corners as if to su- suggest oh, no, that she is being chased by Muslims. Um, it was. It just looked a bit too kind of filmic and professional for no, Max. No, I thought it was. And then good. it. And it was then cheesy. It, it rem- tell you what it reminded me of that that um that trailer that Coronation Street did when Callum was after the Platts. Do you remember when 
David and Kylie and Sarah Lou are racing through all the ginnels and the houses and everything, and and Callum's chasing after them, and then they yeah, they stop and, the, and there's oh, a yeah, and there's a big the pit in 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 Rosamond Street. Yeah, it reminded me just like that. I I just think it was too arty for him. But anyway, no, I thought it was good because it felt very student filmy to me. Maybe, and it was very. I thought I thought it was clumsy and and kind of a bit hyperbolic and, and silly. But well, the whole thing still came off as amateurish. Yeah. It was a mixture because like the very final screen, which says, take action now, make our country safe again, that looked a bit cheap and rubbish. Well, it also doesn't explain what the action is. No, exactly, exactly. It's it's uh, down to the, I guess the viewer's it, I imagination. Guess they kind of, yeah, like, you, you know what to do. Yeah, you know what. We can't say mm-hmm, it, but yeah. you know. So Griff tells him this is genius. And this is one thing that Griff has been doing all this time. Every time Max tries something that's for their cause, whatever it is, Griff says, oh, well done, you're so smart, Max. Oh, we're so glad we've got you all part of this grooming process to to win him over to their side or to keep him on their side. And he's like, yeah, you upload that straight away. That lot want a war, they've got one. So um, Alia sees this video later and she's tagged Speed Dial in it. He has. He's, yeah, sorry. (laughs) She didn't do it. Alia's like, I'm going to do it. I know what I'm going to do. It was me. Get some more views. Yeah. Although I, I did take down some um, inf- uh, some details about um, Speed Dolls. It wasn't Twitter, was it? It was the Weatherfield version Friends of Connect. it. It was Friends Connect. No, no, it wasn't Friends Connect. Yes, it was. was Friends Space. I didn't think it was. They had it on the banner, on their Speed Doll banner. Oh, yeah. They, they had that... a little Friend Connect. Doll. Yeah, but I didn't know whether the app that we saw was Friends. It doesn't why matter would it, anyway. Why would they have two of the same thing I don't know but anyway Speed Dart has got 2,000 followers that's quite good for a local this, small it? restaurant yeah but they're only following 122 well, people well that's good to see you've got to keep your ratio like that otherwise yeah. it is that's what, our, that's what our Twitter's like you've got to be careful because if you if you follow too many people it just makes it look like you're follow for follow yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't want that yeah so um, anyway so she's found this on the on the internet uh, meanwhile Max and Co are celebrating how and here we go the video has Gone viral, ding, 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 and they ding, literally ding, say ding. gone viral. I let out a big cheer when they Hooray. said that. Yay, gone viral alert! So Max says the streets aren't safe. So he is kind of now totally just parroting, parroting back. back the rhetoric that Griff's been feeding to him. What did he say? What he says? He says, yeah, the streets aren't safe. They need to, we need to take our country back. Yes. And Griff's like, I'm dead proud of you, son. Hooray. Spider is there I looking mean, no. a bit worried, which is just Spider's thing he does this week. So um, Yasmin is kind of has a go at Alia later for causing this. Um, and later on, we have Ardy, who's been intimidated by some video-watching ruffians on the bus. And they've, they've gone up to him. He saw that they were watching some video. He doesn't know what the video is at this point. And um, he, he says, yeah, people came up to me and said, Muslims like me need to uh, oh, destroy the country. And, and Alia is there, because this is in the shop that this is all happening. He's telling Deb, and she's there looking guilty. Um, and she... This is when she goes outside and she and, and I think the next scene was filmed by Max because that's that's a very arty scene. Do you remember when she came out of the shop and, and it looked like everyone oh, was getting you don't her? Like that, do you? I'm not a big fan of that, no. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm just going to put that one down to guest edited by Max there and, and say no more about it. So at the market later, Asher tells Dev and Ardy about this video and this is why these people um, uh, attacked him. And, and of course, when... When Ardi said this to Dev, Dev had to remind the viewers, but you're not even Muslim, because the Alahans, of course, are a Hindu family. So I don't know how much they're practising these days. And um, Ali, so anyway, Ali is saying to the Alahans, yeah, it's all my fault that the lads turned on you. Dev's very understanding of, of, of this. And um, so Ali says, oh, 
Cheers for being so understanding. Please can you look after the stall because I just need to go and have a word with Max because he's just kind of strolled past the stall. Well, she thinks she can talk to him. Yeah, yeah, but it takes a little bit more persuading because Ardy, Ardy goes to speed dial later, doesn't he? Because he wants Yasmin to look after the stall because Alia ha hasn't come back. No, there was a running joke because they had all this extra mints, so they made some kima curry. Yeah. And then... Dev was like, oh, no way, I love that stuff, but the last time I had it, it went straight through me. Mm. And then they had the special, and he came to the stall, and he said, oh, I'm going to have some anyway. And then Ardy comes later and says, can you please come and take the stand, because my dad's sick. I missed that completely. <laughs> I, I was taking was, my notes. Then. I thought it was I do like funny. that, actually, then. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so where Alia actually is, is at Platt's house. See, I thought that when Max was walking through the market, he was heading he was up towards the, the co-op way. And they've he obviously done a big old loop round. Yeah, and um, so they're back at number eight <laughs> now. And Alia's at the door saying, look, you need to wake up and see what's happening to you. You are, he didn't, she doesn't say this, but well, she, she kind tells of him that he's under Griff's spell. Well, she and... says, I'm the one that clocked him on the head, on the face. Yeah, yeah. He, he says, look, you're going to be as bad as him if you keep this up. You're going to be a massive racist. And Max says, Griff's not racist. You are. Um, back at the flat, Griff's talking to Spider. And but he this... doesn't explain why he thinks that. Well, he's kind of saying, you know, no, you're I against I can, white I can people, logically, I can logically extrapolate. Mm. But it would have been nice for him to have explained his thought process. Oh, I don't think it is. Beyond no you. I don't think he's got a thought process. That's the thing. I think the they thing. do. He's... No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That racists do have a thought process. No, I think a lot of them and do. If but you, if you pretend that they don't, you're never going to be able to get on top of it or be able to change people's minds. If you just write everybody off and say, oh, you're just a racist, you think they're saying everything. And I understand that is a very powerful... Um, and logical, well, you know, emotionally makes sense. I feel the same way, but you can't, you never defeat racism by just saying there's literally no, you're, you're just an empty vessel for racism. No, no, I'm just saying that Max at the moment, I don't think that he's got any really deep rooted reasons for why he's saying these things. He's no, but been, he's got vague he's ideas that he doesn't it. really, he, he's not really put, he's, I, I see what you're saying. But he knows that the he's got their rhetoric down, hasn't he? Yeah. They, you, you know, you're you lot coming over here. You don't appreciate our culture. You're beating people up because that we're not Muslim. Hmm. Yeah. No. No. I get it. Um. So anyway, um. Griff is telling Spider. Yeah. It's time we step things up a notch. Oh, here we go. Time for something big because there's a race war coming and we've got to be ready. Mm. So um, sounds like there's going to be maybe something big, I'm going to say a Christmas big thing. Oh, I, I love so. I love that for Christmas. I hope so. I, I'm, I'm glad things are, are moving on a little bit there because um, I did, a bit like what I was saying last week in Coronation Street, this story, even though it wasn't, it still felt like it was spinning its wheels a little bit. Things happened... Alia and Maria getting involved more, the, 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 the newspaper stuff with Maria. But I'm just, I've been wanting and waiting for weeks to know what are they planning? I'm like really on tenterhooks to I know. know, oh, are they going to do but something? I don't want it to come at Christmas. I was being sarcastic. Are they going to do something? Sometimes I say things and I, I worry that people take what I say on face value, <laughs> but you can't don't, really. Just don't believe anything we say. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what this is and, and hopefully this is when the whole, the truth about Spider being a policeman coming out is going to be and everything. Because I, I think that the real casualty of this storyline at the moment is Spider He's really just kind of lurking at the background, looking worried, isn't he? He's he's barely even got had any lines this week. 
I get that he's feeling uncomfortable with being around these people. I, I, I don't know what more I'd want him to do, but are you feeling that's the same thing? That Spider's a bit superfluous, but he kind of has to be there because it's important that his character is there? Yeah, I see what you're saying. He's got to... He's like, yeah, but... yeah. And there's and there's all the stuff with Toya, like Toya's not been in it this week, and I know he's not going out with Toya or anything anymore. I The other thing that I'm still finding a bit peculiar about this storyline mm. is that there are still people that are willing to give both Griff and Spider and Reese and everyone the time of day. People are still discovering that they're massive racists. Surely I would have thought that in such a tight-knit community of Coronation Street, where everyone's got each other's mobile phone numbers plugged into their phone, <laughs> the word would have spread by this point. Don't have anything to do with them. Why hasn't Spider and everything been given the heave-ho? Why... You know, it took a little while for Jenny to ban them from the pub. Ed didn't appear to know anything about Griff. It's it's peculiar in, in a street of gossip. It's its way through slowly, I guess. Yeah, but gossip spreads like wildfire well, usually on the street. It's it's a just. Well, I don't think that's part of the story yet. Yeah, no, it's not. But... I like I liked how Roy reacted to Spider, where he was basically saying, yeah, to him, "You're not this person." Yeah, I enjoyed that. And actually, I I'm gonna like not treat you badly because of your belief systems but I don't approve of you mm. yeah. which I thought was really powerful that's exactly what I'm trying to get at when I'm talking about mm. about people who hold these beliefs yeah the other thing um, that's a bit not sitting completely right with me with the whole people knowing that he's a racist or not is I don't really know whether Griff wants people to know he's racist. I know, that's, that's kind of inconsistent, isn't it? Because he was at the community centre <laughs> yeah. making a very thinly veiled racist uh, tirade yeah. the other week, wasn't he? Saying, you know, all these people come into our country and they're taking our jobs and they're just as bad as these evading crayfish. And, and, and when like, you turn the taps on, they all come out. It was very obviously him saying, this is what, what I think. Yet at the same time... He doesn't want his boss to find out. And if you don't want your must... boss to find out and sack you, mm. then don't go up into a public place and, and, and say... get on the podium and say all these things. You can't tell me there's no racist roofers in Weatherfield he could work for. Yeah, I bet there are. I bet there are. So that it's just a little bit inconsistent there. And, and even like the fact that Alia only decided now to involve his boss. There, there are some things that characters are doing in this storyline this week that there is obviously a trigger in the storyline, but I'm thinking, why didn't they do it before? Why hasn't Alia reported Griff to... People. She's literally she's literally council culture. She's the councillor. Why? Why? Alia, isn't she going around? I, I can't remember. They, they, they might they might have just said that Griff had only just signed up to work with Arnie, but she she should be spreading the word to everybody. And and like when Griff decided to um, post that video saying, "Oh, I've been beaten up by four Muslim men." Why did it take Alia elbowing in the face to do that? He could have just you know that's what I thought punched himself or something. Because it wasn't four Muslim men. And also, why didn't he just say it was Alia? Yeah. It's like, oh, you know... Well, you... probably because he doesn't want people knowing that he got beaten no, up by a girl, like you, you said. Spin but... it how... He could have spun it any way. He could have gone, I just told... I was being polite to her and she took something I said the wrong way because you know these people, they do that, don't they? Mm. Everyone knows what I mean. And then she smacked me in the face and I wouldn't hit her back because I'm a gentleman and she's just a little girl. But this is what they're like. They're vicious and they're horrible. And if you say one word they don't like, they'll, they'll turn on you. Yeah, that could have also... That could have been pretend... so easily yeah. turned into the same... Could have potentially as well and he turned a bit gone... of business away from speed dial. He could have also said, what if I, you know, what if I was a girl? What if she was a bloke? What if it was a gang of four guys? 
eyes. Mm. You see them, you see them walking around together. They all hang out together. What if they all turned on you? Yeah. So it, I'm not you saying know, it doesn't make so sense easy. these things, but I, just when they're happening, I'm thinking, well, why is it taking well, so long for this to happen? Whether there will be a revelation that it was Alia that punched him in the face, which would be quite funny to watch him squirm. Yeah, no, I, I think that probably will I hope that happens. Right. I hope that happens. I love that Alia did that. She's oh, she's so plucky. I really you get hope... a point for that, One Alia. thing I'm worried about is that she's going to get downtrodden by this because how relentless is he being to her? Mm. I couldn't cope with this. Yeah. He's, she's constantly being surveilled and threatened mm. in her own home by this man. He's not even... He's not from round there. If you're going to start that <laughs> business, she's been there longer than he has. Thank very you true. very much. Very true. Um, yeah. They I, also brought up briefly about Cal, her dad, who served in the military. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's so much that happened. That Interestingly, right also, Gary did too. So I wonder if that will come up. Mm, mm. Because Stu's not the only person who's... No. And I mean, Peter did too. There's yeah. lots of people on the street who served in the... Army or the Navy might have a problem with somebody pretending that they did. Yeah, yeah. Especially if he's trying to misrepresent his service as some kind of anti-Muslim, like, oh, I know what they're like, you know? Because mm. they can be like, well, I was there, you weren't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I imagine that there are all, just as there are racist roofers, there are probably one or two racist people in the army as well. So when Ali was saying, oh, you're besmirching our great military, I was thinking, well, in fact, I, I did a little Google search and, and it's very easy to quickly find articles that talk about um, people, people who've been in the army and were, were made fun of or, or abused, abused or whatever because of the colour of their skins. So. Well, it would have been an interesting... Because Alia's response was, oh, I can't imagine what it was like for Dad having people like like Griff, mm. you know, having to protect him or having to trust these people that you know were stabbing the back. Yeah. Yeah, that, that I enjoyed that. But I, I, I think maybe... One of but really, I would have, if I was Ali, I would have said, what, what what were they treating him like? Not necessarily, oh, he was, his life was in danger because Griff's a racist. It's more like, how, how were they talking about my dad? How was he treated? Was he bullied? Mm. Was he singled out? Yeah, yeah. I think with Alia and Maria's involvement, that's just making this storyline not as exciting for me as it had been before. I'm glad that Max came back into this on Friday because he's he's really the one that I'm most fascinated by in, in this, yeah, him and Spider. Yeah, but you need somebody and, for them to fight against. Yeah, I know, but it just but because it's Alia and Maria who <laughs> aren't really fan favourite characters of mine, it, it almost reminds... And, uh, okay, it sounds, it sounds terrible, doesn't it? But sometimes I'm like... Be oh, careful. Yeah. No, no, I know. <laughs> It's funny because when like Pat Phelan was going up shooting up everyone, we're going, yeah, Pat Phelan, he's amazing, best villain ever, go yeah. Pat, team Pat. Yeah. It feels kind of wrong to say that about Griff, doesn't well, it? Well, it is wrong. Well, it's wrong to say it about a murderer as well, but I suppose because... Yeah, but he wasn't a discrimination, discriminatory murderer, it, he was opportunity. Anyone that got in his way. I suppose that it was the fact that Pat being a murderer... Not that there aren't murderers in real life, obviously, was a little bit more. It's but more fantastical. Fantastical. And Whereas racism and... is sadly very humdrum and everyday, isn't it? Yeah, that that's the thing. It is something that people and experience people, every people, day. People, you know, yeah. Yeah, but but I mean, it just it just goes to say what a great job. Griff that is the, very the actor charismatic. Michael, whatever his name is, playing Griff is is doing. I, I think he's doing a great job actually. Yeah, um, you can see why people like Max are kind of. Yeah. 
on hanging on his every word. Mm. But yeah, it, it reminds me a little bit of when yeah when Pat was harassing Anna Windass and we were clearly <laughs> supposed Shut to be like, Anna. Poor, poor Anna Windass. <laughs> But no, I absolutely hope that Griff will get what's coming to him, which he clearly will. Well, I want will to see. I want to see end. what his evil plans are. I know. I really want to see what his evil plans but are. But I really don't want good. it to be a, a Christmas race. Well, it feels like it is happening soon, Gemma, and Christmas is mere weeks away. I have to warn you this. It's not very festive. And yeah. um, the other thing that I thought was interesting with this was um, that little scene we had with Spider and Reese, was it? Where Reese was saying, have you ever thought of breaking away? And, you know, I don't like the fact that Griff's the big boss and people only know who I am when I'm with Griff and everything. So is that potentially going to... Oh, I thought know, he was is... talking about being on the show. No. <laughs> He's, is he going to, like, you know, decide he doesn't want to get involved in this this big scheme that whatever Griff's doing and he's going to let him down Oh, I wonder, actually, no. I wonder whether there's going to be two plans, you know. Is Griff going to say, let's do this? And then Reese will be like, that's not good enough. We've got to do this and this. Yeah. So, or is he going to be like, no, I'm taking charge. Yeah, I was I was quite interested in there being a, maybe a potential coup in the, in, in Race's HQ. Um, and also that that's obviously going to cause a bit of drama for Max and Lauren because they're fairly inseparable at the moment. With Lauren being Reese's daughter, mm. Max is going to oh. be siding with Griff. Oh Lauren will side oh, with like her Romeo dad. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, that that's what I think is possibly <laughs> going to happen there because I don't think they would have laid those breadcrumbs if it wasn't going to lead to something. Because yeah. he, well, he it's kind of done for a joke, isn't it? Because he says to Spider, "Would you would you join my side if I break away from Griff?" And Spider's like, "No." <laughs> Well, no, yeah, it depends. Well, yeah, um, it depends on how much of a good crime you're going to do. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, anything else with this one? What, I think. Are, well, you, are you glad that Max is back in it? Were you kind yeah. of hankering for him? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, any. I'm fine. I'm finding it a you... bit hollow at the moment. In what sense? I just think. I feel I feel like Coronation Street can't go as far as it needs to for some of this, and I appreciate that they can't, and I I don't necessarily want it to be that kind of show, but I just feel like there's a lot of important stuff that you can't cover on Coronation Street, and a lot of things they can't say. It's feeling know? a bit pre-watershed, isn't it? And I don't really want Coronation Street to turn into a hard-hitting, you know, mm. nine p.m. crime show about because I wouldn't watch that if there was like oh there's a really great crime show about a gang of racists I wouldn't go oh well, I'll rush to record that yeah but you were also saying when we were talking about it last night that um that that, that it's very kind of black and white if you pardon the pun and um with with Alia <laughs> with Ali no you didn't say that with Alia being seeing to be do no wrong I didn't say oh and she did do something I don't wrong. remember she, saying she that it seems like it's... I don't remember saying that. I don't remember. What did I say? Well, you were saying things like Alia's being a bit of an angel and, um, you know, we're, we're, maybe she would be saying horrible things back to him or... Th I, I don't know, I can't remember. Well, I think that they're being... I think it feels like they're... There are people that are good. <laughs> <laughs> in real life but I also think that you might fight a bit more dirty I don't know yeah but, but you know one thing that you could definitely say and um, it would be interesting if they went down this route and I think this is probably what they are doing 
is by saying we can't put a foot wrong here because if we do anything wrong then we're going to get blamed for it twice as hard that's why the thing with alia hitting him in the face is a big deal actually mm. because um it's only going to embolden other racists to say well you hit him he didn't do anything yeah. to you yeah. you know what i mean so they have to be more they have to be more perfect in, in a sense. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Because okay. they're being judged twice as ba- twice as hard. Just before we move on, um, do you want to say something a little bit about Zakat? Because you did a bit because that well, was I just brought thought, up, didn't well, yeah. wasn't it, by Alia saying? I, knew, oh, I didn't know what the word for it. No, was, she said, but... "Well, maybe this stool can be part of our Zakat." No, it can't be. You got to do your own stuff. What is Zakat, Gemma? For <laughs> anybody who doesn't know, it's their duty. It's, a, it's one of the pillars of Islam, isn't it? Duty for all Muslims. They have to contribute a certain amount of their wealth. So not just to have your income, like a tithe, like a Christian church, where you sort of give 10% of your money. Mm. You have to give 2.5% of your total savings and wealth in a lunar year. Well, that's kind of like a benchmark. I don't think yeah. it's a set in stone. You can give more if you like. Well, no, I don't. Th- I think in different countries it's different depending on, you know, your belief system. And the, but... the question is, does it count if you're taking money from other people no, to does. give us your zakat, which is <laughs> what Alia was maybe suggesting no, to Yasmin. I thought it was there. Yasmin. I thought Yasmin was being a bit cheeky there. I thought it was Yasmin. I thought, I thought it was, it was Yasmin. I, She's I, like, I think we could use this. No, you can't. We can say it comes from us. No. This is part of our 2.5% of our total wealth. Wouldn't it be part of, like, your... Your your ser- acts of service rather yeah. than your money. The, the financial contribution. <laughs> she's like, she's yeah, they are doing something. Giving it off trying to raise money from charity for charity. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, it's good. Okay, okay. So right, Stephen Reed then, Gemma. Oh good, what's Stephen. It, this is this, I can get behind this. Stephen. I can say things about Stephen, can't I? Yes, he's, a a, silly he's another villain. Yeah. So on Monday. He's he's a proper he's a definitely a, a, on the comic side of villainy. Uh, Gail's boggling six fellas and she finds out it's a pizza place in Bolton yes because she at the end of last she week's got, episode she got that phone call didn't she so right let's remind ourselves last week he got a job as a delivery driver for six fellas and then he crashed his moped and now and then they phoned him up to moan at him about yeah, so it yeah so trashed the bike and he, his stuff got stolen yeah and Gail was the one that received Gail that got phone the phone call. call and now she's wondering what the hell is this so she, she boggles it and finds out that it's a pizza place um, Sarah and Michael come round and they're asking for money. They want Stephen to give them money for their business and mm. uh, they also want him to look at the pitch. And Gail's like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know where he is. Elaine and Stephen come back to the street because the reason Stephen left his phone at Gail's house and he stayed the night in Bolton with Elaine. Well, no, he left the phone on the bench, didn't he? But Adam found okay, it very handily gave it on back the bench. To... Yeah. So Elaine and Stephen return to the street. Um, she he she let him stay over because he hurt his arm and um he's he's like he's now got his sights set on her because she's gonna sell her house and he's gonna fleece her for as much as he can get away with oh and one thing that we might as well say now is that last week we accused him of trying to kill audrey oh yeah i have written a note later to mention that but uh, yeah we quite a lot of people pointed out that maybe he was just trying to make her look drunk yeah, because he was very keen for Nick to come and join them in the pub. So he was putting these sleeping, uh, not sleeping, uh, antidepressants crushed up yeah. in her drink just to wooze her up a I little I don't bit. know what the effect antidepressants have on people, so I didn't put that together. No, it seemed very obvious now. We, it's had been pointed <laughs> out. So. Sorry for that, Ralph. We're probably for... wrong about some of the other things we've ranted about this week. As Sorry well. to um, Half of the course. put a slur on your head, Stephen, and accuse <laughs> you of matricide. It's just because we're so desperate for him to kill somebody else. We're just yeah. so determined. It's like, he's going to kill again. safe. So he's, yeah, he's, he's trying to date her so he can get his hands on her cash. And Tim's watching and he's not very happy about this. 
Stephen says, don't tell anybody about me staying over because it's all a bit embarrassing and I don't want people to know I fell off a, a moped. Then he's in the cafe and Shona asks him about his arm and he says, oh, I, I just hurt it. And she says, what, well, really? It just looks really bad. Um, and she doesn't push further, but she's like, oh, Elaine and Stephen. <laughs> yeah, she was great this week, wasn't she? She, was, she was a bit like she was with uh, Max and Lauren when they were first um, <gasps> Love Lauren. dancing around each yeah, she's other. Brilliant. Sarah and Michael find Stephen in the cafe and ask him about his arm and he uh, changes the subject and... Uh, they talk to him about their pitch and he's like, wow, so amazing. You don't need me. You can get investment from somewhere, someone else, anyone else, just not me. I believe in you. And they said, oh, uh, Sarah goes, oh, my mum's looking for you and she's in a bad mood. If I was Stephen, I'd be like, I don't know who girl thinks she is, but she can do one. <laughs> she's my sister. I don't care if she's in a bad mood. What's she going to do? She's not, she's not my mum. And even my mum, what's she going to do? Nothing. She's going to she's gonna flutter her eyelids at you, Stephen. You just wait. Elaine's with Sally later and Tim comes in and he gives her a bit of a tease about being with Stephen. And Sally's like, ooh, how interesting. And Elaine's like, no, 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 we're just friends, I promise. We're just enjoying each other's company. So he goes to Gail's house, Stephen does, and he's lying about um, his arm and where he was and what happened. And Gail's very suspicious. And then she confronts him about the phone call from six fellas and says, well, it's a very odd, odd conversation. And from what I gathered, if I didn't know any better, I'd say you were working as a delivery boy in Bolton. Was it by this point that he'd said that he got his arm broken when a moped crashed into it? Or does that come He later? was saying, well... I can't remember. Well, he says that now. Yeah, he says, um, look, I want to invest in one of the businesses. So I thought I would oh, yeah. go and talk to one of the owners. And then they crashed the car, into, the moped into me, actually. Why would I work as a delivery boy? And then Audrey comes down and she's like, ha ha ha, why would Stephen work as a delivery boy? He's rich. <laughs> Sarah Lou comes in and she's like, oh no, this pitch went terribly. I just got all tongue tied. How how did you screw this up, Sarah? You're supposed to be a businesswoman. Oh, like really? literally, she's so useless. Sorry, Sarah, but you are. Your whole point of being involved in this business is that Michael comes up with the ideas and the designs and you're supposed to be the business head and your only job, you screwed up. Yeah. If I was Michael, I'd say, sorry, I don't know what the point of you is. Business with you're you. not getting 50% of my profits because you're useless. I'd quite like to have seen um, that seed. It reminds me of The Apprentice. Just like, yeah. I just, I'd like to have seen that. Good, you're right, it could have been an amazing Apprentice-style yeah. failed pitch. I'd also quite like to have seen Ardy being confronted by those people on the tram because it was another example of somebody coming in and describing a great There's scene a lot that of they were in. Where they do, they do that a lot of the time. We are being told a lot instead mm. of being shown Show, don't it. tell. So, um, so, so Audrey's like, oh, you need money? Well... Stephen, yeah, she says, Stephen, Stephen why you... don't you give her the money instead of investing in this stupid pizza place that runs into people? He says, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to mix bit family and business. And girl, girl, I'll tell you what, if I was Stephen, I would have just crushed her in two. She could go, oh, you're rich. You could got £12,000. You should give her the money, Stephen. Why don't you give her the money? Oh. Girl's very free with other people's cash, isn't she? I know. Has she not got any left of her own? <laughs> This family just like passes the same bundle of cash from person to person. <laughs> Tim comes around and he talks to Stephen and he's like, what's your intentions with my mother? You better let me know if you're interested in her change. She's gone through a lot with Jeff and you don't, I don't want to see her hurt again. You better not be horrible. Yeah, this is where. And he's like, okay, was, was it here? Fine. Was this the time when Stephen finds out that she was the victim of coercive control? I guess it must have been. 
Because mm. he, ha- he hasn't um, done any sneaky tricks up until no, this point, he's I'd inspired. Say. He's like, yeah. oh, in coercive control, you say. Interesting. So a bit more badgering from the plat ladies. Stephen's like, okay, fine, I'll give you the £12,000. You know, I'd give them £12,000. Just shut up. They go inside and he kicks Gail's gnome. Yes, they were in the back garden when that happened, weren't they? I thought that was great. Nice Gail's gnome stupid gnome just kick it to bits. Yeah, victim number two. <laughs> Finally, he's a serial killer. What was the, the what was the gnome's name? Um, it was Arthur in, in tribute Miss... to great Arthur the gnome belonging to Derek. Oh. Yeah. When Stephen sees Elaine in the cafe, he's he's like. He's on the phone, he pretends he's on the phone to Gabrielle's like, oh, I came, oh no, you're so mean to me. <laughs> Stop abusing me and coercively controlling me. I wouldn't <laughs> see you there, Elaine. I've got to go, I've got to go. Leave me alone, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, I didn't see you there, um, Elaine, just come over here. So Stephen and Elaine are in the pub later and he's telling her about all the stuff that Gabrielle said and, oh, she's so controlling, she won't let me do anything. She reminds me a bit of, of I don't know if you've heard of a man called Jeff, he's quite famous around these parts. And she's like, oh, Jeff, yes, I do know Jeff, actually. He was my husband. Wow, what a coincidence. That's so weird. Is he the guy that got pecked to death? And she's like, yeah, it's actually the same guy. Um, so Elaine, obviously, heart bleeds immediately. Same way that she did with Yasmin, wants to save him from mm. this horrible relationship because she's a nice person. And on Coronation Street, that makes you what? Target. A victim, correct. At the bar, Elaine's looking all worried. Um... When Stephen and uh, Michael are talking about these designs, because he's like, oh, it's so amazing. And she's like, oh, poor, poor group of people, because his horrible wife won't give him £12,000 to invest in um, this wonderful business. Um, so I wonder what I could possibly do about that, she thinks. On Wednesday, Audrey... I've, I've just realised, actually, and, and, and we're quite, quite far into the podcast when I'm saying this, but we have been calling the days Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Oh, what are they then? When actually it's Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Sorry, everybody. Just well, it's more of a there. metaphorical Wednesday, isn't it? It was meant to be Wednesday when this if is If we can all re- just bear in mind that Wednesday just means the middle episode. Yes. Okay. I'm just going to carry on calling it Wednesday. I'm, I'm going to really try hard not to. Well, I'm not going to. I'm going to do my own thing. Which is me doing it wrong, which is normally how I do my own thing. That's how you roll, baby. Audrey is talking to Steve about Elaine, Stephen, and is like, what's going on? Is she trying to get your hands on her hands on your cash? And she he says, No, 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 we're just friends, I promise you. He meets Elaine for coffee and cake at the cafe, and this is when he's stolen Audrey's phone. And me and you are like, Oh, what is he doing? What's his plan? Well, I didn't even, well, oh. we weren't even sure for, straight away whether it was Audrey or Shona's phone. It was though. a very useful phone case, but good for you, Audrey. So Elaine's wittering on about selling her house, and she's like, Oh, it's so amazing. I'm going to probably sell it between. Um, Christmas and New Year's Eve, and we're thinking, don't don't get excited about anything I, to do with houses. It's yeah. a miserable thing. This moves things move fast in Weatherfield, don't they? Selling um, property apart, if you, if apart you, from um, uh, Fizz's and Tyrone's house. Yeah. So she's wittering on, and Stephen gets Audrey's gets his phone, and he changes Audrey's name from Mum to Gabrielle, and then he says, "Oh, I've lost my phone. I lost my wallet, so I'll put my phone here." Here's my phone, don't look at my phone. Okay, Elaine, I'm gonna leave it face up and I'm not gonna lock it so you can see everything, but I prefer if you didn't look. And I'm gonna go look for my wallet. So he goes back to the to um, Gail's house and he starts to text his own phone using Audrey's phone so the messages appear 
as Elaine sitting there trying to mind her own business, but all these exciting and salacious texts <laughs> keep, keep coming up like, you are pathetic, I'm going to coercively control you with my evil manipulation tactics. I'm going to trap you in a magic box and everything. You're not going to be allowed to let use our money. I'm not going to let you invest in t-shirts. You know I hate them, they're too casual. <laughs> and she's like, oh, what a horrible bitch. Um, she obviously looks concerned. He comes back. And then Elaine says, oh, you've got some horrible messages on your phone. And he's like, oh, she's such, she's so mean. Oh, Gabrielle, but she she tells the truth. I am a failure. Oh, I feel really bad. I'm living with my mother. I'm 65 years old. Oh, it's so, she won't give me any money. Oh, and Elaine's like, no, you're not a failure. You're very handsome. And Gabrielle's just gaslighting you. I read a book about it. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure everything's good. You're great. I'll see you later. And then he gets back to the cafe, changes the name round quickly, because um, Audrey's lost. She's looking for her phone, and he oh he just deletes everything and hides his tracks, and they yeah. Stephen finds uh, yeah because Audrey him. comes back and gets the phone back, doesn't she? And then she does a little practice phone call with Steve Stephen because he says he found her phone outside, so she wants to check it's working. I think it was, and she says she phones him up, and it still comes up as Gabrielle's. So he's like, oh, nobody ever look at Oops. that. I thought I'd thought that that had been quite an interesting development no, like actually. If if he had forgotten, because I think you might do if you accidentally no, like renamed somebody in your phone book, yeah, and then you complete your plan, then you might forget to yeah, rename it. Of course you it. would do, but he—that's so, what reminded him. Yeah, yeah, I know, but, but I th- no, I like this because it shows you that he's a bit—he's on the ball, and he, he nearly there. got caught. Yeah, he nearly got caught, but I'd—I'd I'd have liked to uh, anyway. If any had used his his clever brain for his business uh, dealings, he wouldn't have to have murdered Leo and. Just an accident. It's just an accident. Stephen talks to Tim in a pub and he says, I just want to be a friend to Elaine. And Tim says to Gemma that Elaine likes him. Later on, Elaine finds Stephen in the pub and he says, she says to him, right, I'm going to confess to you here. Did you know that I used to be in a controlling relationship? What? I'm going to Jeff was now. horrible. And I'm going to give you £12,000 for Sarah's business as soon as the household go through, which will definitely be at any point at the moment yeah and he's like no I'm just we're bundling up the cash me. now oh no okay okay then i will <laughs> so um on friday he says to elaine don't tell everybody about this twelve thousand pound because i don't want everyone to um make fun of me <laughs> and she's like yeah the plats are vicious bastards i will keep that between you and me sarah and adam come in and he says right i'll give you the money soon um because oh no and then they said to him you know you got run over by that. <laughs> you know you got run over by my bed. <laughs> why don't you see them? And he's like, oh, okay. Okay, right, yeah, why not? And Adam's like, um, yeah, I'll sort it out. Things have rested me really slow for Adam, Adam at the moment. Because this week he was sort, else he do. was trying to get business from, from uh, Stephen. You know and he was mediating a weird yeah. jacket meeting between Stephen and Tim. It's because he's given all his hard stuff to Dee Dee. Yeah. So Roy speaks to Spider in the cafe. Oh, that's the diff- the different storyline. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, Stephen's in Adam's office and he's like, you know, I don't really want to do this six fellas thing. And Adam's like, I already sent the letter. <laughs> we just wait for them to um reply. Maybe they'll sell out of court. <laughs> Stephen's like, oh no. <laughs> oh, I'll just pretend that didn't happen. In the pub later, Sarah tells Stephen everything's in place. We're gonna get the business up and running, but we just need that twelve thousand pounds, please. What do they need it for? Business. Business expenses. Yeah. That's it. That's the end of the week. 
that's the end of that week for that story. Um, what did you think about the whole? Uh, did you enjoy the the twist of Stephen trying to make Gabrielle being controlling? I thought that was kind of clever. clever. Oh, it's just setting up Gabrielle to come back. Yeah, I and think then she'll come back, and Elaine will be, be like, "You're horrible," and Gabrielle will be like, "Why are you saying that to me? I'm the nicest woman in all of." Milan, because that's where I live. And then Elaine will be like, no, not, you wouldn't give him any money for his t-shirt business. And she'll say, t-shirt business? What do you mean? And then Stephen will say, will you come and talk to me on this on this gantry, please? <laughs> and then she'll get shoved off the side. And then yeah, I think I think that Christmas miracle. Gabrielle could well come back and he might do her in. Yeah. Um, but, I'm so excited. Uh, I, I want her to kill. I want her to die. Sorry. Sorry, Gabrielle. I think... Um, I don't want her to die. I want him to kill. Yeah. But, yeah. I think that um, it's a, a bit of a dangerous game with him making her out to be um, a controlling, manipulative cow because there's a lot of plats on the street who know that she's actually kind of lovely. Although when I, it's no people thought that Jeff was lovely as well, didn't they? Exactly. That's the whole point of coercive control in relationships is that you will not see it unless you're, mm. you know, in their house watching it play out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I thought that again a bit like. The the Alia Maria Griff story this week, although things did happen, it kind of felt that they didn't. Maybe it was just because, you know, last week we decided, oh yeah, he's going to try and get her money off. Uh, and then, yes, that happened this week. Yeah. I don't know, it just wasn't enough um, exciting twists for me this week. It was fine. I'm still semi-enjoying the story. Oh, I but, love it. I'm sorry, I love Stephen. I, 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 I like this it... week more than last week because I thought he was a bit of a hapless moron last week. Yeah, yeah, I suppose he has been a bit more, a bit more, more shrewd conniving. and conniving this I, week. I'm sorry, it? I just love conniving villains. Yeah, but... he's just not coming across as being like super clever mega villain, is he? Not at the moment. He's still a bit, li- little bit on the pathetic side. <laughs> but I'm, I'm also thinking in the back of my head, so what's going on with this whole Leo story? I think, do you know what? Half of his problems would be solved instantly if he just told Sarah to bugger off. Yeah. She's basically 50% of all of his all of his issues. <laughs> Uncle Stephen, can I have a lift, please? Uncle Stephen, can I have £12,000? Uncle Stephen, can you look at my pitch? <laughs> Uncle Stephen, when's I going to get the money? Grow up, Sarah, for goodness sake. Also... Got bigger problems. Why? Why doesn't your rich husband have twelve grand to lend you? Mm. He's, he's he's given up giving her money. Yeah. She's a bloody think, money pit. That do you think woman. that Leo's gonna is gonna be coming back to the forefront well, here anytime we soon? We know that Teddy's gone to Canada to find it. Is that what happened? Did he go there? I thought, yeah, but it's big, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite big. I hope he took that big um scarf that Audrey was modelling the other day. What, the, uh, yeah. To keep you keep you cold. Oh, yeah, uh, keep you warm. Was that a snood? Was well, it? Does he, he just goes... Keep, keep warm and minus 30 degrees in that, Audrey says. I don't think That's so. It's perfect for a trip across the uh, the Canadian mountains. He just needs to go to the port in Canada, the airport, and say, because there's only one that goes in and out, and say, have you seen an English guy called Leo? And if they say no, the job done. Mm. Come home. I they'll that, remember, won't they? I hope that comes soon. I, I, I was less interested this week. I don't think there's much of a talking point here. It was it was kind of fine and, and that was about it. So let, let's move on to the John's Tape storyline, which I'm sure um, there will be a lot to talk about because it had a seance in and we did see a little bit of a spoiler for this last week, didn't we? I've got... I saw a picture and I said, oh, Gemma, so there's going to be something there that you like. John's uh, state's going to have it. Well, no, so Hope's going to have a, sta- no. a seance for her dad. Um, I feel like um, they put this in to mock me 
because this was the worst seance. It was no Hilda seance, I'll give you that. They did, they, their technique was absolutely abominable. So Fizz and Tyrone, um, at the beginning of the week, go to school to meet the counsellor. And there's a bit of a kerfuffle when he assumes that they're Mr and Mrs Stape. But they're like, oh, no, no, we're not married. And that kind of sets the ball rolling for, um, for, for wedding talk. Because they did get engaged a very long time ago. They were due to be married, but it never really happened. Fizz tried to organise a marriage, a wedding about a year and a half ago. Then the whole affair happened. And I guess that their engagement was called off. And it never, they never got back to being engaged again. But anyway, um, they later on in the cafe, Tyrone gets down on one knee and proposes to her. And he wants to get hitched as soon as possible. And she says, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. And as we were watching this scene, you were like, no, no, don't say, don't say yes for us, weren't you? I was, it was completely, uh, what's the word? Mm, involuntary. I was just shaking my head all the way through. I was like, no. You just got no ounce of forgiveness in you. No, no, literally. I was thrilled by this. No, every time he said anything, I was like, well, where was this last year? Where was this energy last year? It's a romantic Christmas miracle. No, no, no. no. He's like, oh, you're the only woman for me. Oh, what? Because Alina's not here. Oh, I've always (laughs) loved you. What, even when you were shagging Alina? I... No. I I can turn a blind eye to this. Maybe maybe one or two things have gone wrong recently. What when you hooked up with another woman and uh, had her love child without know- knowing about it? Oh well. Anyway, Stop. it's happening now. No, I, I... he's had so many years to marry this woman. He's supposedly the love of his life. He says he says, and now he just decides on a whim to propose in a cafe. Because a counsellor got them mixed up at school. Rubbish. <laughs> anyway, they go back. Also, and... this this oh. teacher, what an what an idiot! How many t- how many times has he met? They were they were acting like it was the most outlandish, confusing family situation this counsellor's ever heard of. That a, that a father I'm and a sure, mother have got a different surname. I'm sure there have been a few unmarried parents at Weatherfield High. <laughs> I think before... so. And we're not just talking about the students there. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyrone and Fizz go back home and tell the girls about this uh, no. future wedding. Rubbish. Hope's a little bit sceptical about it, yeah, what with how this right. wedding with Phil went this summer. And and Ruby is there. I, I Ruby's don't know like, what... I don't care about anything. Anymore. Ruby's there I'm just dead behind the eyes. Really desperately trying to emote but not Ruby, quite managing. You know it. What I think's happened. I think Ruby saw Stephen kill Leo and she's just died <laughs> internally. No, and she can't but she a kind can't of Ruby sadly has, has been happening for a few few years now okay. I'm, I'm very sad to say be nice. but um anyway there's a ding dong at the door and um it's the author the author of the john state book his name is mr bookman yes mr bookman and he's very very sorry for the effect that the books had on them and he suddenly acquired a conscience about this whole uh, scenario which is bizarre really um he, well, he's just there to facilitate giving them yeah he, he gives them a bag with all his research um, of John Stapin, he's got this big old jiffy bag, hasn't he? And he says, oh, I want you to have it so no one can get their hands on it. Why don't you don't just worry, destroy it, it. Why do you think that they want it? Just Phil's already made a dossier of his own, so it's not original information, is it? Yeah, but anyway, he, he the real reason he's there, I suppose, <laughs> is because this book's selling really badly and it's got those bad reviews, which are what Tyrone put on, obviously, and, um, and he wants them to take down... The uh, he wants to get people to take down these reviews or, or something, and and Tyrone's like, no, I'm not doing that, but I will take your bag. Good day to you, sir, and slams the door in his face. So Wednesday, um, Tyrone is um 
trying to find this jiffy bag. But Fizz says, oh, don't worry about it. I've given it to Gemma's because they're going to put it in the attic at number five because we got to make sure that whatever happens, Hope does not find this bag. And um, That's the most important thing of the week. Yes. So... We we can't let Hope have get, be anywhere near this jiffy bag. Next scene. Gemma, can you look after Hope? Can you babysit her later today? Can she be under, in the house with this thing? You have you put it in the attic, attic haven't you? where she hid out with Joseph. Yeah, but she definitely doesn't know how to get down. Yeah, Elda, is it all right if you if you babysit her? It's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Bring her around later. Um, but when Fizz is gone, Gemma admits to Chesney, she hasn't actually put the stuff in the attic yet because the, what she said, the, the steps the broken, broken or something like that. She just stuffs it in a cupboard. Jobs are good. I'll just put it in the biscuit cupboard. Yeah. No, why, why would any kid want to go looking in there? So um, over at the cafe, <laughs> we've got Sam, Hope and Joseph making a, a rare appearance there. How have these children got all this money to buy milkshakes left, right and centre? Um, don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's Sam's inheritance I'm going to say um, he, <laughs> he's burning through it yeah, Nick's going to be furious got it, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um, so yes Bernie goes up to them and kind of makes a joke about it looks like they're having a seance there sort of, sort of, uh, sitting at a table there's because, probably lots of people that sit at a table in a cafe because Bernie knocked, he knocked the Hope knocked her milkshake over and Bernie turned it upside down put it back on the table and went oh it's like a seance yes and then it kind of explains what it is and says oh yeah me and my mates used to pretend to do these all the time when we were little so this gives Hope an idea I don't believe that for a minute I don't believe that she pretended I think she did real ones because you know Bernie's a bit spooky don't you yeah I know, I know. Yeah. so um, back at home back at number five this is it's actually Bernie that's looking after Hope and the others and she heads upstairs for a nap very convenient she's like I'm going to leave you alone with the jiffy bag that's hidden in the biscuit cupboard she didn't know that the I know jiffy she doesn't bag know. was hidden there if you need me knock on the ceiling much like a ghost might do in a seance <laughs> so Hope immediately gets up once she's been left alone in the house while with, with Sam and Joseph and says right we're going to do a seance she says it's like googling but with dead people which is quite a good line um, so they set things up Lights are out. Notice she said googling and not voggling. You always point this out. They always say googling on Coronation Street. They just don't show googling. So their seance, and, and you said that this doesn't quite match how a seance should go. They've well, got a pack of cards. They've got a plastic blue Wrong. tumbler, and and that's about it really. The right. lights are out. And so they they're going to use those to try and contact the the restless spirit of John Stape. Science commences. Joseph is over it before it even starts, basically. And he's like, oh, oh don't fancy this. I want to go and get some biscuits out of the cupboard. Rubbish. But of course, he opens the cupboard door and the jiffy bag just falls out and spills out on the floor in front of them. Oh, it's a sign, says Hope. John obviously is here. My dad is here with us and he wants to, he wants to communicate with us. So they, they look through all of this stuff in the jiffy bag and there's, you know, photographs, there's papers and dossiers and everything and a very ancient artefact, a cassette tape. What's that? Well, <laughs> this, this, this was the scene that me and you kind of paused it and were like, what the heck is this? Because they're, like, uh, they're, they're looking at these things and, and Sam's like, oh, I hear back in the olden days they used to stream things using physical media. Rather, I can't remember, it's something along those lines, doesn't it? It's like they? what, like a CD? It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. That the, the, They had decided to he, have these was, children completely, you know, he, he baffled was, by the idea that media could be consumed on anything physical when, when they were literally standing in front of the CD player in the house. I know, I know, I know that they might not really know what a tape is, 
but they understand that physical media exists as a concept because they go to shops and they get bought these things and mm. they watch DVDs and listen to CDs and it's just, that was the most annoying. It, it may well have been the first time they'd seen a tape, although there yeah. is such a load of tat in number five, isn't there? It yeah. wouldn't surprise me that there are a couple of tapes stuffed on that bookshelf behind them as well. But yeah, it seemed like it was a silly line, silly Sam line to say, I, I didn't buy that, and, and that really kind of... Well, he also said going, I, was like, I was looking on a website about ancient... Ancient technology, technology or something, What, yeah. like how they made the pyramids? No, cassette tapes. Mm. I said to you at the time, it should have been like on a mini-disc or something. That would Because I think that, you know, a, a cassette tape, yeah, maybe they haven't seen one or held one or anything before, but I think even children like them would look at this and go, okay, I know what this is. But if it was a mini-disc... Then maybe it would have been the like, well, what is, is this mysterious thing? I don't. It's not oh. a tape. Oh no, I was thinking of the other one. What's the What's the little mini? Yeah, like you get an dictaphone. You're thinking of. <sighs> no. no, I'm thinking of actual mini discs, like I used to have when I was well, when I was in know. my early twenties, because I was cool and on the rocking on the cutting edge of technology. Actually, and you um, would know whether children know what a tape is. Take one in and ask them. I, I guess I mean I haven't got one. We don't actually. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> I am going to try that out on my class tomorrow. I'm going to say, "What's this, everybody?" And then the proof coronation is wrong. But anyway, I thought that was just a little bit silly, really. It um, just it really, really honestly bothered me it, a lot. It, yeah, I, it, yeah, unreasonably bothered us, really. So anyway, Bernie, <laughs> Bernie what? comes no. home. She comes downstairs. She comes, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So she's, she comes downstairs and she's like, what the hell have you been doing? Because they're seance gear, basically. What, what they do is they've got the cards in a circle and the tumbler in the middle. And they're saying that, well, Sam's there says, oh, we can have the red cards being from A to F. And oh, my God. And she's like, oh, I know I do. This, like, this is like when you used to have to text people using the buttons. Yeah. And all the all the letters were the letters on one numbers, number. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, Bernie's like, "What the hell have you doing? I can't have you doing this." She's kind of rushes it to clear it in time, clear it away in time for Chesney and the quads to come home, and um, and and the kids kind of stuff the tape into the cupboard behind them, and at home later. Tyrone and Fizz see Hope's using the laptop and they send her off to bed and they look at her search history and that was kind of funny. We paused it and had to look at all the websites that they've been looking up like pay you gas, it wasn't that exciting, was it? Pay it you gas really. bills, Weatherfield Council, Weatherfield Gazette. Um, but yeah, they also find that she's been looking at this retro tech site and they think it's quite quaint that she's been doing a little bit of a modern history research. But meanwhile, Hope is sitting on the stairs winding the tape up with a pen because See, yeah what learned. I didn't what I didn't say earlier is when they find this tape all the actual tape itself was ribboned kind of out. yeah ribboned out and fallen out of it and um a bit of impressive if it works really it reminded me of my horrible t experience when I was little and we had a spectrum and 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 that and, on, and that was one of the old games machines that had a tape did you ever have a game machine no. with a tape loader oh my gosh it took so long for things to load and um and we had this game on it called <laughs> Frankie Goes to Hollywood and it was my favorite game and I don't know how old I was I must have been like 6 or 7 or something like this and um I remember one time coming downstairs and and my sister had taken the Frankie Goes to Hollywood tape what? and she she was like 2 3 maybe at the no time excuse. and she'd pulled the tape out and I could never play that game again and I've all these Never years later, it. yeah, nearly forty years later, I've still not forgiven. You're right, not my to. sister for ruining my Frankie goes to Hollywood.
Hollywood tape. Because so. those tapes were like really expensive, weren't they? Tell you what, if Sam found out that you also used to play video games on a tape, his, his, it, exactly, his head would explode. So anyway, that's what's going on there. She's learnt the secret of putting a pen into a tape and winding it. And probably their minds were blown when they realised that you used to be able to write things down with a pen and you didn't just type it like they do you, for everything now. Can you now. believe it? <laughs> also, do you not have very vivid memories of when you were little, how often you'd be walking about somewhere and there would be a tape strewn with its ribbon fluttering on a hedge? That seems to happen quite a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right really? alongside the uh, the hedge adult magazines, yeah, the, <laughs> the hedge tape. The hedge all, tape. You could find all sorts of things in hedges when we were younger. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a great. Gold it was a treasure mine. trove, Not like wasn't these it? Days. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's. I've just realised I have been calling these episodes Monday, Wednesday, and so, Friday, I mean, even though I was determined you. not to. But on Friday, you... which was actually Friday, well, which is a couple of days' time. 62nd anniversary of Coronation Street. Well, it is Hope's birthday, isn't it? <laughs> she's, she's, um, she's got a birthday laptop from Fizz and Tyrone. And um, she, she just wants an old tape player, though, doesn't she? She's asking about this, but they say, oh, no, it broke yonks ago. And, um, and she kind of makes out that Sam's made her a mixtape of songs, which they think is very cute. And Ruby's there teasing her about having a boyfriend. Um, and anyway, they also revealed during this conversation that they found a wedding venue for July. So um, at this point, it's like, oh, it's going to be ages away. What's going to happen in between now and then? But things speed up a little bit as the episode goes on. Tyrone goes over to Roy's, borrows his old tape machine. Um, and then he goes back home and has a conversation with Fizz, who admits she doesn't like the sound of all this fancy wedding planning. Can't we just keep it simple? So that gets the old cogs whirring in Tyrone's head. They go to the cafe, have a birthday party for Hope where she wins a cassette player and a game of Pass the Parcel. Um, with, it was a massive party, isn't it? A very popular girl is Hope. She's got three other children at her yep. birthday party. One of them's a sister. But I suppose Who I... Who hates her. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose I can talk. Um, anyway, they go back home um, and Hope is given some alone time to listen to this supposed mixtape that Sam's been given her. She puts it in... And yeah, as we've mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, it turns out it's a study guide for little women featuring John Stape. Well, recorded by John Stape. And yeah. I still, you know, none the wiser about whether this is actually something that he recorded back in, you know, 10 plus years ago when he was in the show, whether they got him in to record it again. I don't know, but it was very nice hearing his voice again. Well, Hope's never heard his voice, really. Not really at all, no. No. So I, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying her, how she's kind of connecting with her dad in this way. It is kind it's of kind of creepy and weird, really, but also yeah, yeah, weird way. Yeah, it, it, and and it also is does delightful. kind of feel kind of natural as well that yeah. you know lots of kids would want to connect with their with their parents that they're not with it's anymore. It's kind of heartbreaking. I know it is. It's actually a really interesting story. Yeah, I yeah I, I am. I, I think they're doing a good job with yeah. this. Um, over at the cafe, meanwhile. Joseph is still there with um, Chesney Gemma. and Gemma, who scoff in her face with sausage rolls and pink onions. I got a real kind of old school Gemma vibe <laughs> from this. Not so old school that we're going back to when she was she like, a really great drugs. character. But a couple of years ago, when when the uh, Coronation was Street was, you know, Gemma overload, and they just have her being as vile as they could in every scene. I was getting, they missed a great getting opportunity. Getting a flashback of that, to, to, to be honest. What? A great opportunity for a joke here, because Gemma had a mouthful of sausage rolls, and she kept trying to talk around it. Funnily enough, never thought to use her oh, yeah, she sign did, language did skills. 
Which you would have thought would have come in quite handy. That's probably the main incentive for her to um, learn BSL. Forget Alad, she can now talk, she can talk with her mouthful perfectly. Well, it's no, nobody can understand her, that's the trouble. Uh, okay, so yeah, Joseph's really, really sleepy there. Um, and, and it turns out that he didn't sleep very much last night because he was getting worried about Tell all this what? whole seance thing. This is this was the bane of my life when I was a kid, right? All the spooky stuff and that we used to get up to when I was a kid. There's always one little wet blanket that would go crying to her mum and dad. Oh, I'm too scared they're ghosts. Stop ruining it for everyone what else, Joseph. What spooky stuff did you get up to? When All you kinds were a kid? of like yeah, seances, uh, ghost recordings. Used to do, oh, pendulum. Board like as a feather. No, I never did that. Where you where you true. get the pendulum and you um you make it a certain distance and that's how you detect mm. like male or female spirits. Yeah. In fact, I've definitely found a spirit of a Roman soldier in Did my you? friend Emily's house for sure. Did you do Bloody Mary? Yeah, that was a good one at school. That's what I in say. The girls when, school. That's what I say when Mary comes on Coronation Street and she's overacting. <laughs> bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, and then Patty Clare appears in your living room. <laughs> okay, well, could you leave me alone? That was in the script. <laughs> I can't help it. I was directed to overact that scene. So um, anyway, I've lost where I am. So yeah, G- Gemma well, storms round number nine and says. Did you know that your hope made my Joseph and Sam have a seance? She's mad as hell be because now mad. Joseph is scared. I'd say, I heard that they did a seance and they did it completely incorrectly. Didn't invite me along. And they didn't use a Ouija board, which I guess is because it's copyrighted, but the planchette was rubbish. They've had a Ouija board on Coronation Street before. Toya and Leanne have had a, a Ouija board. Yeah, but there's a difference between were... a Ouija board and like putting paper on. Yeah, there is. So anyway, um, they Fizz and Tyrone sit Hope down and says, oh, we know you did the seance and how you, and you know, you scared Joseph. That's not very nice, is it? And they, they she basically say just they says, don't they, 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 they don't work. Well, that's, that's, it's disrespectful to people like me. That's besmirching my beliefs. I'm going to write to Ofcom about this because actually I'm very spiritual and is that right? I'm offended. I don't believe you. Hope says, oh yeah, I know. They're, they're just silly. We shouldn't have done it. Because I wasn't. I was kind of wondering when the sounds was going on. Did Hope actually believe that she could do this? Did she think that they she were also, real? She seemed smart enough to not believe them because she only she only had her hand on the, on the on the glass. Everyone's hand should have been on the glass. You're really critiquing Hope's sales they, technique. I'm sorry. They needed For an a expert. first timer. No, I thought she did pretty good. They job. needed an expert on the set to help them it, set up that board properly. <laughs> Um, anyway. How does she expect to, to, for it to move if she's if not everyone's touching it? That's the whole point. She, Carry on, Michael. I'm not going to interrupt you again. She. But what so, I'm going ah, <laughs> She says that look, I don't need to contact him anymore. I'm fine. It's over because obviously she knows that she's got this tape that she can listen to now. So like, her dad's with her all the time. Oh, that's really and, um, sad. I know it's very sad. And we didn't. I don't think we got to see another scene of her like secretly listening no, to it in bed. But um, it. yeah, it is really sad actually. And then also this episode, I think it's towards the end of it, we have a scene with Chesney and Tyrone in the bistro where Tyrone admits to him, "Don't tell anyone," but he's secretly organising a surprise soon wedding for Fizz on Christmas Day, no less. So two years time. Um, this wasn't in two years. No, sorry, time. two weeks time. <laughs> two weeks time. Fizz and Tyrone married. Is it going to happen, Gemma? I know you don't want it to happen, so you don't need to Rubbish. tell me that. But do you think they are actually going to get married, or is something going to go wrong? They're going to ruin Christmas Day by getting married. You reckon so? I think that this is going to be a warm, fuzzy Christmas wedding. I hope it goes right. Well, it'll be a few year... little low-key shenanigans. Yeah, probably. I think, yeah, there's going to be something. I mean, the fact that he has arranged this wedding without telling her 
Um, that's kind of asking for a disaster, isn't it? Look at look what happened to Alan Bradley and Rita when he made a turn up at the register office that time. She didn't like time. it, did she? Didn't like no. that. But um, yeah, I I think that I think that they will get married because we, we had a Christmas like wedding last year, didn't we, with um, Emma and Curtis? Remember that? That was about a year ago. That went a bit wrong. So I hope that hope it works this oh, time. Oh yeah, it will. And it will get we've fine. we've been asking for Tyrone of his to get married for years. And although I know Gemma is saying now he I... doesn't want it, I know that secretly deep down inside he's going to be really pleased that this thing we've been begging for is we actually happening. Oh, I'm so excited! I love a nice coronation. Don't street wedding. take him back. I love a nice coronation street wedding of a couple that I really care about because. There's, you know, weddings are ten a penny, really, in Weatherfield. But if you're putting together, you know, oh, look, Gary and Maria are getting married. Oh, look, Sarah Louise and Adam are getting So what? I don't care about them. But, yeah, Fizz and Tyrone, I think that that is absolutely right. And I know that he's been a very naughty boy, but I can't help being happy about this. Um, anything to say about this story? I thought this was all right this week. I'm sad that you didn't find the seance very exciting. More seances, fewer weddings. I was also for coronation. I was a bit, um, I was a bit confused about the fact that this, the the book's not selling because it felt before the book was coming out that literally John Stape is the country's most notorious serial killer yep. and everybody was talking about it and this is going to be the the biggest seller since name me a best in selling cold book blood. in cold blood. Okay. Um, <laughs> But not, but it's not selling just because of a few reviews. So I, I like, it doesn't really match. I think people would still buy it anyway if somebody as famous as John that, you know, who clearly was famous in the world of Weatherfield. I don't know. I'm just being nitpicky again. Anything to add, Dara? No more weddings of Tyrone and Fizz. Summertime. Okay. Right. I think I think um, we should say. Five nice things about Summer. Um, number one, she's very pretty. Mm -hmm. Num very good robot maker. Number two, very good making models of robots. Mm -hmm. Number three, she... She's smart. She's... Uh, she, she, she's, she's book smart. Book smart. She's book smart. Number four, she's got a very tall boyfriend. <laughs> number five, um, she's very... Um, um, she's a very... Uh, persistent in her um, lying about things. So yeah. she, I like the fact that she won't let evidence that is not working out get stop her from doing something. Yeah, exactly. When there she thinks of a somewhere. plan, even if it goes completely wrong and it's a bad idea, she won't stop doing it. Yeah, perfect. There we go. Now we Good. can go, okay. go back to, to slagging her off again. But I would like, because I know I've heard some people um, on our Facebook, I've seen some people on our Facebook group saying they actually are fans of Summer. There are some Summer fans out there. Absolutely. So I please, would you write in to tell us why you like Summer and give us your top fives of what you like about her? Because she definitely has her fans and she's not... Um, I'll stop talking. On Wednesday... What happened this week? Wednesday, i.e. Thursday. The Thursday um, episode this week. So, Summer's not morning sick anymore because she's not pregnant anymore. So she tells Jacob that she's taken this new medicine that's stopping her morning sickness. And then she says to Aaron, oh, I'm worried. Oh, this lies. I think it's not a good idea because I might forget what, my lying, what I'm lying about. Maybe, uh, But I don't think that we should... Um, Tell the truth because it's too soon. And Aaron just sitting there the whole time like, oh, 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, she needs she needs to work out what she's going to tell Esther and Mike. Yes, you do. So, um, somewhere in the factory uh, with Jacob and everybody, and for some reason, d- d- even though they're all operating like machinery all day long, they bring out some mulled wine for everyone to have. And someone's about to take it, and Jacob goes, "No." That's mulled wine that's got alcohol in it. And everyone's like, ooh, ooh, you've, you've got it. Uh, I know, it's, it's business. Yeah. I thought that was really cute. And she's like, oh, have you got a little Eccles cake in the oven? I thought that was a lovely was line. Very cute. And, and very uh, nice everyone was kind of like, ooh. And someone's Sally's like, no. like, gossip. Someone's like, no, 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 no. I, I, no, no. And Jacob's like, oh, no, I didn't mean to. to no, I don't, I don't even know why I said that. Well, oh, my God. It's like everybody kind of knows now, don't they? Or they think they know. Because Fizz is like, okay, okay. Well, Don't I guess we're not allowed any... to pry, but <laughs> so they're, they're, yeah, they're convinced they're at this point. So someone gets feels even more guilty later on that everybody's lying on her behalf about things and they don't even realise that they're lying and it's all just getting incredibly messy. So then on Friday, someone's been texted by Esther. She wants to come over and someone's just like, no, I, oh, I wish they wouldn't, but I can't say no. Amy comes and she says, how come all of your anti-sickness sickness pills are in the bin and Summer's like oh I can't think of a lie even though I already told them that I'm taking different medication um <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> she did didn't she so she says I've had a miscarriage so Amy t- lends a sympathetic ear to, to Summer and they go to the cafe to talk about it and she wonders about how how Amy um, how Esther and Mike are going to react and Roy kicks them out because Hope's birthday party is going to be there um so she doesn't she, they still don't really know. So on the way back, they go back home, sorry, and Amy makes Summer tell Jacob. And Amy's kind of disgusted with her about the fact that she's lying about all this stuff and she hasn't told them. And she says, the old Summer would never have done anything like this. I prefer the old Summer. Hey! <laughs> Summer's robot, you're that back. That was too much on the nose when Amy was saying this. <laughs> oh, that was When she said the old Summer, I just thought that was amazing. Hello, yeah. Summer's robot. Um, Summer's robot. Summer's robot. How, how have you been? Um, I can't remember how ro- Summer's robot <laughs> operates anymore. Oh, Summer's robot, you're going to need to go back in your box. How do? How, how do, Summer's robot? Yeah, sorry. Oh, you, you're not not the most popular um, addition to our podcast, Summer's Robot, but... Um, I, Shut up, okay. Michael. Uh, no, I'll we're not, not going to do shall this. I, yeah, shall I yeah. do a bit more Okay, I'll, I'll put Summer's Robot back in the box. Summer's Robot, um, what, what what have you been doing um, recently? Oh, <laughs> what have you been up to? I've been upstairs listening to the tapes. <laughs> oh, I How love, do you know what tapes I love these. Yeah, that's true. You need to go and tell Sam about these tapes. Um, anything oh, no, you want to... No, that's enough now. Leo. Oh. That's enough. Your favourite character, Summer's Robot. Leo. Oh. Anyway, back in the box you go. People have been asking about you. Um, he, he may not make another appearance for he quite may a never while turn up He may again. not appear again, but okay. I thought it's... Amy says Old Summer would never have done this, and then Michael got excited about bringing the robot back. I Yeah. Anyway, then Esther and Mike turn up at the door, and, oh, what will happen? Dilemma. And um, Amy says, you better tell them or I will rude so it's an empty threat because she buggies off um and they're not very happy that amy and jacob know about this arrangement because they want to keep it a secret and someone says oh no no they're they're my friends they won't tell anybody and uh they said well they better not do because this whole plan is um can't go wrong because if it does go wrong who knows what we'll do because we're obviously crazy and then aaron 
blurts out after him sitting here, wincing every time someone tells a lie and acting like he's so emotionally distraught by her her fakery. He says, oh, don't worry, she heard it, she felt a kick this morning. And they're like, yay, we bought you a present. It's a fetal Doppler. <laughs> Michael fetal and I are like, what the hell is a fetal? <laughs> We thought that they said beetle Doppler, didn't we, when we first heard it? <laughs> okay, it's a machine to listen to the baby. But so you've got to have a baby in there to listen to. That's a, <laughs> unfortunately, that's a bit of a snag. Esther and Mike have got this poor girl with her pants down, listening to her stomach, and they're like stomach in her pants, and they're trying to yeah m manipulate this thing to get in the right position and someone's like oh, oh, oh stop stop i can't do this anymore she's like yes yeah, so it's the it's a bit like what were they doing last week or the other week when she was when she was like well, oh, they were touching can't... her stomach or something oh yeah yeah that's right last week they were just yeah touching her tum and this week so they get a little bit too in, it's creepy. Uh, intimate with her summer goes to speed dial later and tells amy that i just need i just need more time i need to figure out what to do and amy says this is not like you I prefer the old summer. And it's cruel. And someone says, I'll tell them tomorrow then. <sighs> Go on then. Just do Oh my gosh. Fine, fine. Yeah, lovely. More, what do you predict more... their reaction will be? You said to me, you are kind of hoping that this uh, will never happen. I No, I want them to turn out to be actually in the cult of Nirab. That, that's the only thing that I think is going to make me enjoy this storyline now if it turns out that there's going to be a mega throwback and they're not actually crazy Christians, but they're trying to steal this baby away to, to offer to the the, uh, the etheric foundation who was the cult that um, stole away um, Zoe Tattersall back in the late 90s but, um, I think see they could because they could like you know they've got a set now haven't they for their house and wouldn't it be cool do you remember when they had that the, the meeting at the cult in their house place and they had the picture the like impressionist picture of Brian Park the producer who was supposed to be Nirab and if you didn't watch Coronation Street back at the time you probably got no idea what I'm talking about but you, they could just have like as a little you know a visual yeah, like reference a... or a little <gasps> mini clue that if you see it you know and if you don't you don't know just say look can I... they're in it I don't remember too much about it can I ask you did they call themselves the Cult of Nirab? I can't know. I think that they were called the Etheric Foundation. Well, there you go. They could call themselves the Etheric Foundation. Or and something like that. Because honestly, anyway. if they call themselves the Cult of Nirab, it was—it sounds stupid. It wouldn't work. <laughs> but if they said they were from the Etheric Foundation... They're just like really, really creepy, aren't they? They're, they're acting quite similar to how... Um, I can't remember what, the, what they were called, the two people from there. One of them was... They're but not. I feel really bad for them. They're excited. They're gonna have a baby. They that it's a pure love that they they're feeling, but it's an unusual situation. So it looks and and feels creepy. Mm. I feel really bad for them. Well, I I, I kind of do, but but I, I would also... prefer it if they turned out to be in a cult. Yeah. Is that, is that what do you think is gonna happen? I think that Mike's going to say, well, I'll just put a baby in there. Well, that's what we said last week, didn't yeah. we? Is Mike going to suggest something else? So this story hasn't particularly progressed other than Summer's deciding that she doesn't want to tell them and how am I going to tell them all what a mess I'm in, all sad out. I feel really bad for her because I don't think she really understands how common miscarriages are. And Maybe Mike and Nesta will be Especially very upset. Especially on Coronation Street. But then, then it's not like it was never a possibility. 
No, no, I know. Well, it's it's all to do with this money, isn't it? That because they that, and, and well, they, if they find out when did you find out about it, and, well, and she could lie, is. but and she has accepted some money from them since Rin knowing there was that no she's, formal she's lost the baby. contract, though, was there? No, because it's a little bit illegal. They should really have talked about mm. what would happen if the baby. Yeah. Anyway, that's that storyline. Talking of um, rubbish stories, we got the Steve and Tim stuff. No. Well, there, there were. I saw some people saying that the Tim and Steve stuff is some of their favourite bit about last week. So I'm sorry for, well, for they were here to talk criticizing. About it. It. <laughs> but it's just more bickering, basically, isn't it? This it's week, it's just two great acting, acting like, like kids. Honestly, hopes more mature. Yeah, she is. They're bickering at the cab office, and to cut a long story short, Eileen ends up with tea spilled down her top because of their bickering. So she calls in Adam to hold a mediation session because he's got nothing else better to do. Um, Tim puts a suit on for his mediation, and he wants Sally there to support him. They go to the pub. It's basically just bickering with Adam sitting there, I'm going to say. But in the end of it, he rules in favour of Steve. Because he bought the jacket and it's his fair and square. And Steve kind of leaves the pub very triumphant. So on Wednesday's episode, which is Thursday, and then he caught myself out there. Tim's still banging on about this bloody jacket at the beginning of it. Eileen is just as fed up of hearing about it as I am. And she wants to start a jar where every time they mention the jacket, they put a pound in it. Can so, we um, have I, the money? I think, I think if Stephen, he needs to case the joy and rob speed dial. Because surely they must have earned 12000 pounds worth with the amount of the jackets getting towards about at the moment write it down St- um, so then we have oh my gosh Steve Sally Tim I can't really I can't give up with this story that's pretty ridiculous Sally realises that she needs to take control with this Steve and Tim situation so she goes and finds Tim in the pub and says right stop going on about this jacket and if you do then I'll stop going on about Aggie and the fact that you were her best friend and Tim's like I kind of thought you had stopped going on about it to be honest but yeah that seems like a good no deal to me no one cares about that story fine anymore. Um, so yeah, is that over with now? I guess it is, but it, that, that's the thing, like it already was, was over no... with. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, Steve, uh, Eileen tries to give Tim the proceeds of the jacket jar at the end of Friday's episode, but he says, oh no, I'm drawing a line under the whole thing and I'm not going to accept it. And Sally says, well, I'm going to spend it on a drink. And that's the end of that. Is it the end? Can they I, promise I, us? I really, I really have waste of time well listen you didn't like that but lots of people don't like this one which is the play storyline well no and and this is a story because um there's an awful lot of stuff in the news this week some of which is um ian mcleod um had an interview uh, last week there was a press day on thursday wasn't there for the precinct which we were invited to i was so Gemma was to go I, I i would never have been able to go with my work but we were really heavily trying to organize it Gemma going so there. impossible to get there without it's, it's just too fortune, far away it's or... really really expensive something came up with Gemma's work anyway so we couldn't have gone but yeah we were really really close to being able to yeah. go to this press day well Gemma was very annoying but anyway yeah, yeah McLeod had a, had an interview there and one of the things that he he said was about this storyline that some of his writers said I quote oof when he said what was going on with this storyline. And that's quite a bold move to say I that... I kind of like him for saying that. <laughs> well, it's kind of saying I'm the boss and what I say goes. I don't care can... what you think. <laughs> but I think maybe he needs to listen to them. Not that I've got to make a problem with this storyline. I, I know lots of people have, but I'm, like I've said before, the, the play stuff is winding me up a little bit, but I really am enjoying the the romance, the... the um. The, the 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 love triangle that's going on between Martha and Wendy, although not a whole lot happens in this week, does it? 
Ma Martha, Wendy and Ken. It's not just Martha and Wendy, otherwise that would be interesting. Yes. On Friday, Ken and Wendy plan a romantic veggie lasagna evening. Oh, Toya knows all about them. She's not anymore. No. <laughs> she might do. I expect Spider like. I know she's not going out with Spider anymore, is she? No, she's been. Uh, she's veggie lasagnas she's still, for doing one. Doing a bit of a Henry the Eighth, didn't she? Uh. Later on, Mary's hyperventilating into a brown bag because she's having a meltdown over her lines, and Nigel asks Martha to run an emergency workshop. And Ken's getting all flirty with Martha, saying, oh, you look sensational. I'll tell you what, she did look pretty cracking, didn't she? She had a nice <laughs> um, a scarf and a shirt combo. Yes. Later on, um, Mary's not doing too bad of a job. Uh, Nigel, um, Nigel and everyone's like, wow, you're amazing. This is such a great rehearsal. Good old Martha. And Martha says, you know what, everyone, let's celebrate by going to an experimental play reading that some of my friends are doing. <laughs> she and jokes Ken's... that everyone's going to be naked, doesn't she? And that gets Ken's, Ken's pulse Ken's racing. Like, oh, yeah. Um, Ken's like, yeah, brilliant. And Brian says, are you not going to invite Wendy? And, and Ken's like, oh, no, no, she's doing something else. Shut up. Going out with an old friend Trying tonight. to cramp my style. He, he bumps into Wendy at the market and he kind of invites her, but it's the last minute thing. And she says, oh, no, 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 I don't fancy it. Um, and then he tells her what it is. And she's like, oh, I'd rather I'd rather watch Coronation Street. <laughs> um, Brian and Mary come over and uh, they mentioned then that Martha's going. And she didn't know this. Yeah, And Wendy's kind of walking detail. off like, hmm, not happy yeah, she's, about yeah, this. She's, she's feeling left out that. and she's feeling scorned for this other woman. Mm. So... They all How go does to it this. Feel now, Wendy. Hmm. Yeah. She's on the other foot. Uh, hmm. They all go to this play reading, and they come back at the theatre. <laughs> I had a few flat. I had flashbacks of sometimes when we've been to the the theatre and mm. have uh, been sitting in a group, and somebody oh, yeah, says to Brian, us, "Brian, I had no you... idea what was going yeah, on with this." And that, that was about absolutely this. me. Martha and Ken um, were talking and saying, "Oh yeah, I thought it was great, blah blah blah," and, and then yeah, Brian's like, "I don't know what happened." <laughs> and I just thought, it's just Michael all over. Yeah. Uh, she's very happy about it. And yeah. um, she is also, Martha, happy that Wendy doesn't like experimental theatre because she thinks that's a bit of a one-up on her. And um, then she says to Ken, what do you and Wendy have in common? And he's like, oh, loads of things. Like, we like... Um, we like stately homes and we like regional pastries. <laughs> and Mar Martha's like, oh, I don't know if that's exciting enough, is it? You got enough, you got plenty of miles left in your engine for life in the fast lane. And he's yeah. like, oh, maybe I could just eat. Yeah, eat pastries popular in all parts being, of the UK. Is like, he being wooed away by Martha again? Not an Eccles yes. cake, but more like I know it was a Manchester tart they were going to eat, wasn't yeah. it? Maybe I'll just have a Bakewell tart. <laughs> Anyway, that that story was again same old stuff that we've been saying. Kind of enjoying it. I'm enjoying Martha while she's here. Enjoying Randy Ken. Nothing new particularly. No. And finally, just to end this, God, uh, this, this street talk off, we have got. It just feels long. Lawrence, can I just sum this up and say Lawrence yeah. is coming round for Christmas at and number eleven. Nobody really 11. wants him to come apart from. Well, Todd's, well, Todd's getting jealous, and it feels like Todd fancies Sean out of nowhere. Well, yeah, the, this this kind of came at the end of last week's episode, didn't it? There's a bit where George yeah, is laying yeah. it on thick to Todd, like, "Oh, hasn't Sean really fallen for Lawrence? It would be devastating if something upset the relationship." And like, like, "Oh, oh well, no. that sounds like quite a good Christmas story, actually." So, um, <laughs> I think I think maybe we're gonna have a, a Christmas Day fumble between Lawrence and Todd, maybe. Oh, I thought he fancied Sean. 
Who does Todd fancy then? No, Todd fancies Lawrence. Well, I thought it was weird. What's weird? That, that Todd would fancy Sean. Why would you think that? Because he's getting upset. No, he's so he fancies Lawrence, if you remember. Um, like, oh, anyway. I'm not interested, so no, I don't it's know. not interesting. <laughs> not interesting. So, yeah, we've kind of run out of steam a little bit on this, but it's okay, because it's the end of the street talk. Right. I'm going to recharge with a cup of tea before we do our news. But, of course, we have to rate this week first, as is tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, if you remember, we scored Coronation Street one and a half out oh, of yeah, five. Oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? That was bitchy. I'm going to say that this... It wasn't bitchy, it was honest. Okay. Coronation Street need talking about these things sometimes. Honest. I'm going to say that I think I like this week more. There was Steve. There was more fun Stephen things. I liked the well, sales. There was a lot of Stephen in last week. No, but I said I didn't like him falling over. Oh, off his I worry about. I worry, worry about Todd Boyce. <laughs> think he's a stuntman. It's okay. Um, oh I like the I like the John stuff, and I like. I kind of like the John stuff. Uh, yeah, I liked okay, bits give, of the, the extremism storyline. I'm give this two and a half. Two and a half, what? tub thumping, wet liberals, shouting Christmas songs. But really, they shouldn't be shouting Christmas songs. They should be singing non-denominational winter market songs. <laughs> well, I am going to give this one... I'm going to give this um, two... Two or two and a half. I'm going to give it two ocean landmines <laughs> out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I don't know about character of the week. Um, oh God, I did really enjoy watching Griff this week. But... I know, Kurt. Can we give it to Griff? Well, you know, as can. we say, I saw very early on in the episode, Pat Freeland was one of our most voted character of the week. But you see, you have often said that your character pick is somebody that you admire who's done something good. No, sometimes and I it, always not say that my favourite character is the one I enjoy watching the most and not necessarily somebody that I would recommend. Yeah, I mean, I did enjoy how Alia elbowed him. That was quite fun this week. And she was, like I said, very good for standing up to them a few times. Well, I think it's good that he's adding conflict to the the show because you need need an antagonist. Yeah, he does. I'm going to do it. I'm going to vote for Griff as character of the week. I am as well. Because I enjoyed watching him. And, you know, with the bits that he was on, I was like, yeah. I'm not like, yeah, (laughs) go Griff. But this is interesting to me. That is it. That is it. Yeah. So Griff. It's not season one of Big Brother, is it? It's gonna go have a bit more backstabbing and and evil shenanigans and manipulation. Exactly. Exactly. He's the nasty Nick. <laughs> right. That'll do for Street mm. Talk this week. Let's move on to the cavern. Right. It is time for the news section. Are you ready for some news, Gemma? No. Well, it's tough because it's news time. But there is going to be less news than we thought we were going to talk about. It's it's the next day now, isn't it? We've just had a little break of about 20 hours since the recording of the last section because it was getting you somewhat late. You make it sound late. like we weren't doing anything in that break. Uh, we, we, we were sleeping, we were working, we were we were doing all sorts. But um, we, got to, we got to the end of Street Talk last night and it was like... Yeah, little bit past my bedtime on a school night. So we decided to, uh, we decided to not um, carry on recording it then and we're going to record it today but it's still late and we're still busy so all this stuff about the precinct that we were going to talk about I think we're going to put it off till next week um I really wanted to chat about the precinct but we have just run right out of time this week haven't we we have and if you've got any thoughts about the precinct if you've got any ideas if it makes you think of of things you'd like to see or ideas about how the businesses might get used please do write in and let us know your thoughts about the precinct, then we can maybe include it in our feedback section next week. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have... Um, yeah, I think it's probably going to end up being a next week's news session. Sorry, it's, it's not, nothing's going to change between now and then. And I've got a feeling there's not going to be a whole lot of news between now and next week anyway, apart from the Big Soap quiz, which has now been moved to Friday night, of course, after all the football shenanigans on Monday put it back. But we have got some fantastic news for fans of Paddy Beaver, and who isn't, let's face it, because he's won himself another award, Gemma, another Soap Newcomer Award. I don't know how long he's going to be able to keep getting these. Gonna have to win some 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 other awards soon, but he's got the iTalk Telly Award for best soap newcomer. Congratulations! Congratulations! Well Jolly deserved. good show. Yeah, I think yeah. he's awesome. I, I think he's doing really a brilliant job. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure at the start, but um, yeah, definitely, definitely grown on me a lot. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen more in World of Max in um in in the, in the racism storyline. We're very excited about what developments will happen about yes, Max yes, yes. and Paddy Beaver's amazing performances. But Michael. Mm-hmm. Before we get to actual, <laughs> I don't know, just tell me what's going on in, in Strictly. Gemma loves Strictly. She's Strictly's biggest fan. Can't you tell everybody? Me too. We can't miss an episode. Not really. We never watch it. No, but we can at least report fine. on what's going on in it. And actually, before we, I think we're going to skip the order of my news in here because sad times for Kim Marsh fans. She's out. She had a week off, didn't she, with her illness. So it's good to see that she's on the mend. But I tell you what, Will Meller... He's storming it through. He got 39 points last week. I believe that's out of 40. So he's uh, he must be doing something right. Dancing. Dancing. Dancing right, probably. <laughs> I imagine that that's what they do in this show. So Will Meller, who plays Harvey, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's the, the final must be coming up soon. It must be. Um, and, and to have a Coronation Street Will actor. Will it ever end? Yes. Will it, 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 it will. Gemma loves... Gemma's... No, what's happening with Ali Mardell? Ali Mardell is also going to be on Strictly, but... The Strictly Christmas special. So this is the Christmas Day episode, Gemma. So when we've had, when we've opened our presents and we've had our turkey and, and you've got a little bit tiddly and you'll just watch about anything on TV, we may well put on Strictly Christmas special to I see Ali Ma- Right now. That's not going to happen, is that it? That we won't be watching it. But I do love Ali Mardell. She's lovely little... She's great. She's perfect pixie. for this. Perfect well, for the festive season. Yeah, she I hope she's wearing something about. sparkly. Tell me what she said. She said... Oh, I've grown up with Strictly Come Dancing. And my mum always said she'd love to see me on the show, so this is really the best Christmas present I could give her. Not if you lose, Ali. Um, I can't wait what to get into the training you? room. And so, Yeah, that's a really good point. So you've got this big celebrity, you know, Coronation Street darling. Not getting you a present this year, Mum, but I'm going to be on the telly. A president is just the remote control. There you go, Mum. Happy Xmas. Anyway, she said she can't wait to see what festive moves she's going to bring to the table. I didn't realise they danced on tables. Shows well, how much, shows what's, how much we what's a festive re- move? Um... Do the bobsleigh. Oh, that's a good one. Or, well um, done. Do that's the, it, that'll do. That'll do the Christmas fine. tree. Ding, 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 ding. Well, I don't know. Well, I'm not going to watch it. Somebody else can tell us. Hope she wins. I do, I'm do. i not going to watch it. I do hope she wins very well. Christmas we're, Day. We've got, a new, we've got a new um, reality TV show that we're into at the moment, aren't we? we the watched, Traitors. We watched the first episode of The Traitors last night because everybody on Twitter says it's great. Backstabbing, betrayal, secrets, lies. Yes. It's good. No curry people no on dancing. or anything. No curry, no dancing, no ice skating, and, and no bug eating. But Claudia Runkelman. Mm. With her fringe. Yeah, yeah. Um, finally, back on the Sis, Christmas theme. Half-sister of La- Lady yeah. Frederick Windsor. 
okay. Yeah, she probably that. used to hanging out in castles. Anyway, Gemma, Christmas schedules because um. Yeah, we've had the Christmas or the Corrie schedules mapped up for the past couple of weeks and there's still a few weeks of that to go, thanks World Cup. And I believe there's going to be some in January as well. FA Cup, something or other, I don't know. But there's going to be right. more blimmin' yeah. Christmas um, uh, football No, no, chaos. no, Christmas schedules, what's going but on? But Christmas schedules means there's actually more Corrie than usual. And um, just this week, Digital Spy um, um, and that, or released the information, well, it's not them, they just, just shared what Corrie had given on. them. Right. Get your notebooks, everybody. Get your Radio Times and circle these dates. It'll be in there already. Okay, if you haven't got the Radio Times, because who buys that anymore, get a notepad, write this down. Friday the 23rd of December, it's going to be on. Normal. Hmm. Sunday the 25th of December, Christmas Day, we have got another hour worth of Coronation Street to enjoy that. Will Tyrone and Fizz get married? We'll find out in a couple of weeks. Hopefully not. Yes, definitely. I'm, I'm, Boxing Day. Boxing Day is going to be... For Americans, that's the 26th of December. Yes, that's Monday. Gonna, that's going to be um, an episode then. There's one on Monday, uh, Wednesday the 28th of December, Thursday the 29th of December for some reason, Friday the 30th of December, Saturday the... Th- too much. <laughs> what the hell? You can't have too much one, of a good two. thing. Is this all hours? Yeah, it's, all, it's hours, all hours. Oh, hours. No, is it an hour long every yes, it time? Is. 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th. I'm sure that it will all be curry gold. Lots of curry on Saturday the 31st of December. None on New Year's Day. But then on the first week of January, we got Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, the 2nd, 3rd and 4th of January. So it's all over the place. And then we got more football after that. So it's probably going to be a little while until things kind of settle into a back to a normal routine Ugh. and we will do our best to work around it's gonna it. It's going to be on the stupid app. It may well be on the hub again in January for a little bit. Um, it, it really is like it's not as not necessarily as bad as I thought it I was expecting it to be but it really is doing a number on things like the conversation going on in our Facebook group isn't it? People posting things thinking oh can I post this and, and, and I don't know whether I can post that and, it, and on US Britbox some of the episodes are getting uploaded before they're being shown on TV and, and over here again it's, it's a real it's a real mess I, I it do, is a mess I it's don't want mess. this to carry on it's really. a shambles right proper so, shambles um, not, not a fan of it no let's go on with have we got more news? Oh yes, we have got more news. I forgot about this one. This is sad news. Um, we've got we've got an obituary, sadly. Derek Granger, who um, was Corey's second producer, sadly passed away um, early on uh, this year. So he was... Um, he worked on Corey between 1961, uh, July and April 1962. So yes. it wasn't a long stint, but he was still the second producer. Yeah, and it was he, he had a, a kind of a, a bit of a rough time on Coronation Street because that's this is when the equity actors strike was going on. I think he's done a bloody good job because he was basically brought on after the first six months, um, made everyone think, actually, we've got something on our hands here. What can mm. we do? How can we develop this a bit more? They were all quite sceptical, but... Um, once they had been proven wrong by the first strong six months of the show, they needed to bring on Derek to, to make it into sort it out, what it ended up being. So he, did, um, yeah. he, he was one of the people that um, was in charge of making the stories run for longer periods because definitely in the early days there were an awful lot more standalone episodes. And there, and, there, and there certainly were post-1962 as well, but the early episodes really did feel quite standalone but he was he brought a more serialised format to it so as uh, we're obviously still seeing today um, and like I said he was also there during the equity actors strike which is when um, 
the curry cast was cut down to very slim, wasn't it? I can't remember exactly how many it was, but it was like less than 20, less than 15 maybe people on the cast. So he had to work around still producing two episodes of this show a week with a really, really skeleton cast. And this is when they like brought in the animals and things and got children to dress up as postmen and all sorts like that. So um, yeah, you really rode the storm of um, late 1961 to early 1962. This is the thing about Coronation Street is that it's a kind of collaborative effort all the way through. Tony Warren came up with the concept, but there were so many other people that were involved in the success of Coronation Street and Derek Granger, the fact that he um, helped to kind of, you know, it was the early days of soap. Soap didn't really exist. He helped pioneer the concept of having storylines that ran longer than just an episode. Yeah, he also um, was a bit of a visionary in that he tried to introduce more social issues into um, Coronation Street, apparently. Although uh, it was more difficult with the strike and everything on generally more light-hearted kind of classic curry comedy stuff remained but he he wanted to introduce that kind of stuff which is what we're seeing a bit more of now and um, after Coronation Street he um, was still you know working in Weatherfield Way because he produced the second series of this spin-off show Pardon the Expression that um, that Leonard Swindley spin-off and the spin-off of that Turn Out the Lights which was the absolutely dreadful apparently spin-off which was about Leonard Swindley becoming a paranormal ghost hunter or something. Sounds like my sort of thing. I, I, I would like to see a bit of Turn Out the Lights one day. They made like six episodes of it and it was cancelled very very soon. I don't well, know if they're still available to watch. Derek Grange is more well known in uh, general circles not just Coronation Street fandom for his production of the award-winning drama Brideshead Revisited, which is incredibly yes. famous. I've and not seen it, though. He retired in the early 90s, and he died aged 101, which Pretty is good. a very excellent Pretty good. age. Yeah, to, William to Roach um, would be proud Take of that note. one. Right, let's move on and finish this show off with some feedback. 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 Okay, average score last week's, oh, look at this, 2.81. So they scored it higher than us, Gemma. We were both 1.5 last week, weren't we? <laughs> but 2.81 from the Facebook group is still pretty low. They're generally a more generous bunch than we are, I have to say. But yeah, Richard, um, he still liked it. Look, he gave it four community WhatsApp groups set up by nosy old trouts out of five. Fiona, though, not a fan. One and a half jackets that make you look like a right fud out of five. As long as it's comfortable. And uh, Jared said... He gives it two and a half times the dosage of Audrey's medication with alcohol because this show makes me quite woozy at the moment. Jared was oh, paying attention. <laughs> we weren't. Right. Um. This this is a cool bit of feedback we got first. This is David from Coripedia, isn't it? And he um has listened to our countless conquests of Ken Barlow oh, episode from last week. Do you want to read this one out? Because you you discovered this one last night, didn't you? Yeah. He's got. He's always knows what he's talking about. And, yeah. We uh, we like to pretend we know what we're talking about. Is always much appreciated and incredibly insightful so this is what he had to say about our roundup of, of Ken's loves which of course we also by the by forgot Nessa we did forget Nessa sorry Nessa but David says Nessa Warner uh, I agree with Gemma that Deirdre is the fan's pick of Ken's wives by default because Deirdre and Anne Kirkbride are so beloved that being said I can't say I'd pick either of his other wives over her Clearly, Ken's greatest love affair has been with himself. That's why he married beneath him. He wanted a wife who'd cook and clean for him and tell him how clever he is. Time after time, he'd fall for some middle-class virtuoso and think about running off with her, but he'd never do it because eventually they'd see him for the sanctimonious, unambitious and conceited braggart that he is. Braggart, I love that. And his ego couldn't take that. For anyone who brings up Wendy Crozier, Deirdre kicked him out. Ken fully intended to keep seeing them both. 
the cad. That's why I find his marriage to Janet so interesting. I have a different read on that storyline to you. In 1973, we'd had two years of Ken going from girlfriend to girlfriend, wanting to marry again and bring Peter and Susan back from Glasgow because it was what was expected of him. Then, quite unexpectedly, he falls in love with Elaine Perkins, only to get friend-zoned. He uses Norma Ford to forget about Elaine, then dumps her for Rita at the first instance. Finally, he takes up with Janet, seeing her as the next best thing to Elaine. He'd already waited two years to get the twins back, so he marries Janet at the first instance. Only Janet wasn't the woman he thought she was. She wants to be an executive's wife, not a mother. Nor is Ken the intellectual go-getter Janet remembered. They've both been cheated, but it takes them eight months and a lot of blazing rows to finally accept That's it. That's really interesting because, I mean, David's obviously seen all these episodes with Janet and we've so seen spots here Honestly, and there so we can only like, take, you know, the, the, the bare minimum. It takes a razor blade to all the, the stories and just cuts out the most essential parts yeah. and explains But I think when we were talking about some of Ken's ex-partners as well, we weren't we were kind of hopping about in yeah. time, weren't we? So having the, the, the chronology like that laid out by David, I really appreciate this insight to Janet because... Yeah, she's a bit of an enigma, isn't she? Yeah, we, we've seen bits and pieces. Janet falls into the category of characters we don't like or empathise with, but she isn't a villain. But even when you don't like someone, you can still ex- appreciate it when writers give us complex character and an excellent actor is cast, as is the case here with Judith Barker. Janet didn't fit into the street, nor was she supposed to. She and Ken were never going to last, and the enjoyment comes from watching this obviously mismatched couple's marriage crumble around them. <laughs> Another controversial opinion... It made total sense that Ken would move on so quickly after Didri passed away and I had no issue with it at all. He what? was barely faithful to her when she was alive. He and Audrey made a great couple. <laughs> I still, I don't think I was completely I sold on Audrey think, and Ken, honestly. No, David's right. I think he's, I, I love that. Thank you so much. That really, <laughs> that I really, is, really appreciate that. I love that. that comment. That's very thoughtfully put. It's nice. Yeah. And, um, it's better, we always say we like it when the bonus episodes get a little bit of um, special feedback. I know, I just wish we could add that on to it because it really just makes total sense that <laughs> Janet's storyline is, you know, another kind of, I don't know, it's another kind of sad entry into just how kind of crap Ken is. Yeah, I know, it really But is. I don't, you know, I say that in a sort of a, a mocking way, but he's a very interesting character, actually. And, you know, what, what, he, what David says there about Janet, you're not necessarily supposed to like her, but she's complicated and well-written. There are definitely examples of that sort of character in Coronation Street even now, which I think uh, people um, uh, might might appreciate more if they really thought about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, know. maybe we'll look back at this this era in 10 years' time and we... Uh... Well, I'm just Singing trying its to... praises, maybe. I'm just trying to justify with us giving Griff character of the week. <laughs> I, I, I wondered whether this is the, the, the giving Griff character of the week, to be honest. Janet and Griff, both of <laughs> Oh, my God. Basically. Um, yeah, no, that was cool. Uh, Date, I mean, I, I like to think that I know quite a bit about Coronation Street, really but David know. wipes the floor with Absolutely. me quite literally. So, Fantastic. yeah, thank you very much for that, Fun David. Um, next up, we have got Richard, who says, Hi, Michael and Gemma. Hello. Oh, no, he said, hi, Gemma and Michael. I do apologise, Gemma. That's the right way around, correct. Huge thanks for continuing to produce (laughs) the podcast despite the World Cup and influenced erratic TV schedules at the moment. Hopefully you're enjoying having free Friday evenings. What did we do last Friday? I can't actually remember. I know this Friday we've got our friend Rachel coming around for tea, haven't we? That's tomorrow now. Gonna have meatballs. Don't know what we did last week. But anyway, yeah, this, that's been quite good. But yeah, I, I still prefer. Probably squandered it. I still prefer my routine, to be honest. Anyway, Richard says his feedback on uh, last week's curry was brief and very specific. 
I've completely changed my opinion about a week's worth of, I of episodes being uploaded to ITVX at the time. I was very anti originally, but I'm really buying into the viewing options at the moment. As a football fan, it allows me to watch games I want to see <laughs> as they are happening and to shuffle my Corrie and Emmerdale viewing. You're supposed to boo that one as well. Emmerdale <laughs> viewing around this. I suspect my news perspective will be the minority one, but I'm a convert. I'm glad to hear that somebody's enjoying it. Thank you very much for your yeah, perspective. Yeah, I've seen a few a people online saying they've enjoyed fan. it. My question to you would be if you think that this would be good as a permanent change. Because it certainly does seem convenient if you're if you want to watch everything, the football and stuff, because you can't really move football around because it's an event, isn't it? Mm. So what do you think about... Because we're, the reason, honestly, that we're so... Uh, Grumpy about uh, it. Reluctant is because I'm worried they're going to make it permanent. I know. It feels and like I it's inevitable, wanna... and I really hate the feeling that it's inevitable because it just... It, it you just do lose the community the communi sense of it. And, 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 and although it's... Not too bad binging on Monday nights. I mean, to, to, to binge to watch it and enjoy it is fine, but to binge and, and take notes and be thinking about my storyline titles and how am I going to organise this also, for, for three odd hours and when you're not loving it at the time, it, it, it is hard work. But it is glad to hear Richard's feedback that if you're a World oh, yeah. Cup fan, if you're a football fan, if you're, if you're trying to also manage your viewing with something that can't be moved, mm. then it's a good experience. That's nice to know. We're still in the World Cup, aren't we? We're going to play on Saturday, Saturday evening. France. France, yeah. Oh, grudge match. Well. I, I know that. I know who wins the moral victory. <laughs> Jake has written to us. Oh, this is your turn <laughs> to read an email. What has Jake got to say, Jimmy? Um, Jake says, first of all, I want to say how much I love the scenes of Sam and Harvey. Dude and Will were both incredible and it was much better than I thought it would be. Much more profound and less cliched. Sam saying, I'm not the one who's upset, was beautifully written and acted. Whilst issue-based storylines are important, it's important to have balance. But if the play storyline was supposed to be the light relief, then in the words of Jack Duckworth... Flaming Nora. It was just really irritating. Can they please have wet rot in the community centre so they can't perform as play? <laughs> There's just I don't think I've seen any praise for the praise for the play storyline <laughs> other than from Ian well, McLeod Jake and says, kind of us a little bit. However, at least it paved the way for the return of Martha. Those scenes with Ken were so brilliant. Their facial expressions alone were so good that there were times when I could barely take in what they were saying because I was sat in awe of their talent. I'm hoping this is a storyline that makes Ken realise that his affection towards Martha and Wendy is platonic. All he really wants is some company, as he still misses Deirdre, and so he should. He was never good enough for her. He's a legend, but Deirdre simply deserved so much better. <laughs> it was interesting what um, what you were saying there about sometimes you just like you can't take it in because you're just in awe of their talent. And sometimes if there's like a really good scene, and I'm pretty sure that with some of these Ken and Martha scenes, I was the same. I'll just like stop taking notes yeah, like, I know. and you can it. tell that it's a good scene if like my fingers stop moving across the keyboard and I'm just watching the telly and definitely some of those uh, scenes with, uh, with, with with Stephanie and Bill were yeah I just loved it well, one thing I would say to you about you keep saying oh nobody likes the play storyline oh I wonder whether you're conflating the play storyline with the with the love triangle storyline because I know they're the sort of the same but actually I think a lot of people are differentiating and hating the play stuff but yeah. liking the romance I, I would hope so I mean I suppose that that is where I am I mean I've yeah I think you know, we're I've all on the same page made my views clear about the likes of <laughs> Mary and, sure. and Nigel and Brian in this uh, the story the play but... stuff is the winner yeah. mm. 
Okay, the Hope storyline is good, but needs a break. I'm getting annoyed at Tyrone and Fizz wrapping Hope in cotton wool every time her murderous instinct kicks in. <laughs> I agree with you both about Debbie. It's so refreshing to have characters who can still love when Corey acknowledges their flaws. This is common with some of my favourite classic characters. The likes of Jim McDonald, Mike Baldwin, Ina Sharples and Alec Gilroy. Too often nowadays, whenever Corey character gets into the antagonistic character, territory they feel the need to immediately redeem them and make us forget that it ever happened that's a, that is a super good point actually now we I, I have sort of in the past watched old some of these old characters jim mike and, and, and alec and so on and and still really like them despite them clearly having these traits that could otherwise see them turn into villains like uh, mike was smarmy ass wasn't he alec was a, a skin flint and a, and a you know cunning trickster jim mcdonald obviously a little bit violent and very quick to anger but they were still they still had lovable elements of them all of them i think those three characters and Ina as well i haven't seen as much of her of course but they're all fantastic and that but yeah still definitely definitely flawed and it feels like there are fewer characters these days that have got those kind of flaws the sort of flaws that people have now are oh I, I care too. It's like being in a job interview. I'm a perfectionist. Yeah, or, or I I'm, care too much. Or, or I make I make silly mistakes, like you know, like oh, what's happened now? Like you know, with Summer or whatever at the moment, she's clearly a flawed character, just, but not in a I'm good way. I'm just a pathological liar. Yeah, and we're we're all flawed in, in different ways. So yeah, I, I I think it's really interesting to put Debbie in that category. Actually, yeah, she's fantastic. Character of the week is to be Sam, closely followed by Martha and Debbie. Three and a half death by hammer reenactments out of five. <laughs> P.S. Spotify has informed me that Conversation Street is my most listened to podcast this I year. I should hope so too. Which is no surprise. This is the only one I've listened to consistently, <laughs> consistently this year. Also, this wasn't in the news. I oh, know. I saw your tweet and I share your excitement for the Inside Number Nine Christmas oh, special. Oh yeah, because is going to be in it, isn't she? Who played um, Sunita Alahan. Yeah, look out for that. Festive I don't know when hat. that's even on. I know whether it's a Christmas well, Day thing or what. But I really, really out, think that those... Um, Inside Number Nine guys are absolutely incredibly talented, and um, I'm I'm eternally grateful to Sam and Matthews for getting us onto that, and uh, them for doing their Coronation Street Christmas Halloween special, which was so fantastic. <laughs> so if you haven't so, seen so it, you really have to. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm excited about Christmas. Um, for for the um the food, which I can't eat properly, and also for the Inside Number Nine <laughs> Christmas special. So when Jake sent us this, I think it was um. It was meant for for last week's episode, but unfortunately it got to us just a little bit too late because we were recorded earlier last week. So there we go, Jay. We, we got you there in the end. Um, Jay is sending us greetings from the colony, saying that he hopes the season finds us well. Does the season find you well, darling? It's killed my banana plant and my um, colocasia, so oh, no. no. I'm getting a bit of a sore throat. I don't know that that's the season's fault. Maybe. Jay, you didn't want us to say that, jab. did you? No, we're great. I have a jab today, Jay. Got a sore arm. Yeah, we're great. We're loving it. I come to you humbly to say that I have changed my mind on Daisy. I know that I said that I was not a big fan of her when she first made her appearance on The Cobbles, but she really has has grown on me. I love her wicked sarcasm and the twinkle in her eyes. She's come a long way from the two-dimensional character that she started as. Yeah, right right with you there, Jay. Absolutely 100% agree. So, now on to how I feel about Summer Spellman. Stop there. (laughs) Hang on, I thought this was supposed to be festive. (laughs) Watching her scenes has all the interest of watching parliamentary question period on a closed-circuit security monitor. Hang on, are you talking about... Which parliamentary stuff are you talking about? Because UK Parliament is actually quite exciting because they are allowed to heckle. Oh, yeah. 
But, but I don't. That's my impression. I'd, would you rather watch that than watch Summer? Are we going to do a parliamentary <laughs> question time podcast? No. This is the smartest girl that ever walked the streets. So smart that she was accepted to Oxford. Smarter than Ken Barlow and Daniel Osborne, but not smart enough to use a condom. Why is that every time a teen <laughs> has sex on Corrie, they get pregnant? Drama. I got news for the writers. Kids are smarter than that these days and also have more access to birth control than any previous generation. Get with the times. So, Summer's going to sell her baby. They're spending way too much time on a lame storyline. Are we supposed to care? I have news for Corrie. We don't. Sell it. Don't sell it. Sell Billy. I just don't care. <laughs> Harsh words there, Jay. Jay, can I also just add, I agree with you, but do you not think that if she's going to sell her baby, she should open it to cut some kind of, um, she's that smart, open mm. it to some kind of bidding. You know, she's, she's intelligent. Aaron's tall. This baby... Could be the next Prince William. <laughs> He's very smart and tall. Yeah, the, Everyone yeah, knows this. Yeah, good genes, but sadly the baby is no more. What if he? Could try again though. What if he came? What if this baby came out? Oh, the baby's not. The baby's mm. not around anymore. But what if the baby came out with Summer's height and Aaron's smarts? Oh yeah, uh, that's a risk, isn't it? It's always yeah. a gamble. <laughs> it's so funny that you know we say Summer's the most intelligent person on the street or whatever, but. That just no. seems to have gone from her. No. She, she definitely used to have an aura of like intelligence. Of, of intelligence yeah, but and Hermione listen, but she just doesn't anymore. This, She's this just like feels a very much like if you say something enough, it becomes true. But is it really like she says she's smart and everyone else says she's smart? But is she smart? No. She's smart in different ways. But we just, just don't look, see we much. We tried of those really hard ways. to be positive about summer. I want to like Everybody her. Everybody who's done the summer. Please write in and tell us what you like about her again. So, um, anyway, I'm continuing this email. The season is on us. It makes me start thinking of Christmas cobbles of old. It gives me hope for this year. The bar's quite high for the Christmas episodes. Who could forget? Oh, come on, yes. G- give me the this. The Battersby Christmas Dinner Food Fight of tw- 2005. Is that when Teresa turned No, that died? was 1997. What happened in 2005? Well, there's been more than one Battersby uh, Christmas. I, I could forget I that, because I have. Um, when Becky torched her flat. Brilliant. When Brian was a bad Santa and told the Allahan kids that they were getting nothing for Christmas. Why did he do that? When Dev clocked Brian over the head and crashed the tree while Brian was breaking into his house. Who could forget? We've forgotten all of this. I've forgotten a lot of these, oh, I have no. to say. Um, Ken and his bells. Oh, yeah. I remember Ken and his Ken bell ringing. He's done that twice, hasn't they? At least that reminds me of when we had Christmas at your house one year, and mm. everybody got a little thing that was a musical thing. Oh, and a cracker. And yeah, they're crackers. Yeah. And me Classic and your dad times. were both like, we don't know about music. <laughs> um, Rita taking a nap with a cat and a Christmas tree on the floor. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I remember that. that one. Shona playing Jack in the Box with a sniper, and Robert yeah. dies on the sidewalk. Christmas. But my favourite of them all was um, the vicar in the boot. When Peter had a little moment. <laughs> I can't say that was my favourite Christmas memory What's ever. What's your favourite Christmas memory? We've done a Patreon probably about this. We've, I don't know whether we have done a Patreon. We've definitely done like Christmas tropes and Christmas moments and everything. Like when I was just thinking it without any preparation, what came into my head was Jack punching Terry after he sold the, That's the baby. I don't know whether moment. it is. No, and I mean also 2006 was epic with um, David ruining the Platt's Christmas dinner when uh, by inviting Maureen there, her oh. finding out about Bill and all. Audrey together. Nice. He, I think that was when he was that when he revealed about knowing. Yeah, it was. He revealed that he knew that 
he'd read Ivy's diary and found out that Gail had wanted, wanted to, to abort him yeah. as well. That was definitely a good one. There are there are lots of good ones. Well, Jenny like, running over Liz McDonald. I like Nick and it? Peter having a fight on the street oh, yeah. and nearly impaling themselves on iron bars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want you know you know they do this thing where you can plug in to an AI. And I always think this is fake and a bunch of lies. Yeah. You plug in all the tropes and then the AI writes its own version. Mm. If we plugged in every Christmas episode into what a computer and we told it to just come up with a quintessential Coronation Street Christmas Day episode, what yeah. would it do? Oh, I don't know. Uh, probably not as good as the writers, but it'd be interesting to see. I've got some more. Nickergate. Rosie and Fizz. Nickergate. Classic comedy, comedy, bleh, comedy stuff. Devin Deirdre. Bonking away. Mm. Christmas that's just been on ITV3 everybody and loves it I had another one Fun for but all now the it's gone ooh what was my other one going to be oh yeah of course the classic the OG Hilda Ogden's leaving episode that is Wish a me luck, bona fide bona fide classic of Coronation Street it's got to have a song it's got to have a fight it's got to have a misunderstanding it's got to have a food scene and it's got to have maybe someone getting shot and of course Jay. Gemma don't forget <laughs> what Musical montage. Yeah. What's it going to be this year? <laughs> um, Jay says, I've got no idea what this Christmas will bring on the street. I'm sure that we've, we'll probably have someone fighting with someone, Hopefully. food being thrown Hopefully. or dumped on the floor, Hopefully. someone alone and reflecting. Good. The children will be brought out of the attic for a scene <laughs> and they will blow off the dust off Rita one more time and have her sing an old song. Great. And he'd like to wish us a very Merry Christmas and all the podcast listeners as well. May the season bring you love and joy and best wishes for 2023. That's a really nice email. That was a nice email. I enjoyed that. Thank you I very did much for enjoy your that too. Cheer. Oh, I'm really obsessed with this idea of getting the ultimate Coronation Street Christmas episode. <laughs> we, we write it, can't we? Yeah, why not? I bet David could do a better job though, Dave from Coropedia. He knows how to distill everything <laughs> into the most <laughs> simplest concentrated yeah it's like the essence of Coronation Street Mm. in a drop so Rebecca she says not this not the best week although I did enjoy the Stephen scenes I'm wondering if he's going to go after Elaine for the money and maybe kill her maybe Elaine does live in Bolton so it wasn't too much of a coincidence Sorry, no, Rebecca, I'm not I'm not accepting that. And Rebecca did send us a message as well, a separate message this week saying yes it's true, but Elaine does live in Bolton. I'd forgotten that. But Bolton's a big place. There's probably Come more on. than just one person living there. Probably more than one street in Bolton. I'm still going to say it's a fair coincidence. I know somebody who <laughs> lives in Bolton. Actually, I don't. But if I did, I'd be surprised if I just went there and saw them. <laughs> I know lots of people that live in Southampton, but they've just stepped out my door there. <laughs> no, it's they're not going to be there on my doorstep, are they, singing Christmas carols? I'd still carols. be surprised if I was in town and I saw them, even though we live in the same city. <laughs> Right, Rebecca says, I'm really feeling for Summer after the miscarriage, although I'm wondering, a la Denise, with the twins, that she might be still carrying a child. I said that, didn't I? Ooh. I definitely thought it, at least. I don't remember you saying it. Maybe. Todd is after Lawrence. I can sense it. I did enjoy Sean speak, though. <laughs> Rebecca picks up. I'm like, I did. Todd fancy Sean, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I love Sally saying to Spider, especially you, finally one person recognises Spider in the racist group. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder whether whenever Natasha does have a sister and Nick is pretending to cover the secret over Harvey. I, I think I think that Natasha does have a secret. I mean, a <laughs> sister. She's dead. I don't, I, I don't think that that would be, would have been made up, sorry. <laughs> Finally, still loving the Ken and Martha storyline. I'm starting to worry about Ken using both Wendy and Martha. Watch it, Ken! Or you won't have either of them. That's how it's ending. <laughs> the week is Aaron due to his facial expressions. <laughs> like Michael said, 
He's the viewer's expression. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it, I'll give the week three times Aaron and Summer visited Mr. and Mrs. Perfect from Perfectville at five. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I was, was going to go for that one as one of them last week. Was, uh, three though, come on. Nancy, what amazed me this week is the way that Sarah still needs to get help from Stephen. She's going into business with Michael. She couldn't see that Stephen has no money and his car got taken away. Stephen couldn't even persuade Nick that the cruise is not a good idea. I think it's all hilarious. He foiled his own plan to make Audrey look drunk or try to kill her. Whichever one that was. was <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll never know. I can't believe <laughs> Elaine will fall for his stories. Stephen might try to kill Gail too if she gets too suspicious. Never. I Although, maybe. Maybe, but mm. never. Maybe you could just like clonk her on the head like Richard Hillman did and knock a bit of sense into her. I'd, I'd be all <laughs> for that. I love uh, how Sally compared Stephen to a Siberian husky and Mary compared Gail to a corgi. There were so many times this week I was hoping Summer would tell Esther and Mike that she lost the baby. I feel bad for Aaron because Summer doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> Summer should ask Aaron what he wants to do. What? Revolutionary <laughs> concept here or this what? Feminism. <laughs> if Summer has a baby with Mike, Aaron will leave and Billy will try to stop it. Do they really need Mike, Esther, Mike and Esther's money? No, not anymore because... What's his face? Is Eric's definitely cured up. now. Twice in rehab. They, what could they go wrong? They didn't get their money back, did they? No. It looks like Max tried to recruit Dylan. I wondered about that, but then Dylan wasn't in the story again this week, so I'm not so sure anymore. Sally made great comments to Griff and Spider, and Spider's in the background waiting for Griff to make his move, and I do think Toya will find out soon about him. The best part about Tim and Steve's silliness was Eileen's reaction. Sally speaking about Rosie was great too. Yeah, nice to get a shout out for Rosie this week, and I'm, I'm glad you were able to find some kind of positivity in the Tim and Steve and Tim's storyline. Although, to be fair, I did see other people saying I loved Tim and Steve. That's fine. Sorry if I that wonder we just whether completely pooed all over The fact they week. keep bringing up Rosie makes me wonder if they're sort of going... Testing the waters hey, for a Flanagan return. you, know, you return. want to come back, Flanny Flan, here you go. Yeah. I wonder what Harvey will ask Nick to do for money. Oh, oh you just Don't wait. Don't get me started. Nick and Leanne could fall out if Leanne finds out that Nick's lying. Um, I hope they hire Ed to fix the problem. He is good. This is the dry well, rot problem. He's not going to give you any it? flash and tape now. What if they got Griff to fix the dry rot problem in the in the bistro? Hmm? I'm sure he'd love that. What? Okay, as long as he honestly, if he can do, fix it, fix it. I wonder if Debbie will go into business with Ronnie next. I loved how Martha asked Ken to look over her play, and I think she and Wendy will end up fighting over him. Ken and Martha could enter as leads in the play. <laughs> I give this week's episodes two moped accidents that Stephen had out of five, and. My character of the week is Lindsay. Stephen. Stephen. <laughs> Our character of the week is Lindsay. I was just you reading said Lindsay I like, definitely did. She's definitely even a Lindsay. character Lindsay's in the show. My character. Has there ever been a Lindsay in Coronation Street? Yeah. There's, there's been a John Lindsay. Here's a special announcement. The next patron um, we get is going to be a character in Coronation Street. <laughs> we, no, I've that's not true. Lindsay here that's because... not true. Michael was reading ahead. He read character of the week is Lindsay, no, but no, yes. the character of the week is Stephen, according to Nancy, and our Patreon thanks go to Lindsay, who's our latest recruit. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Idiot. Idiot. <laughs> no, you're the idiot. I'm the, I'm the idiot. I'm talking about landmines at sea. Lindsay is character of the week. I don't know what I'm talking about tonight. Right, we're done. 
sorry again that we weren't able to get this um, uh, precinct chat into this week's episode. I'm sure you know what we think about it anyway, but you'll have to wait a little bit longer to find out. We will try to get it into next week's show. Um, and we will be, uh, which will, I guess we'll be releasing Tuesday or Wednesday night next week if all goes to plan. Um, we are at conversationstreet at gmail.com if you want to send us some lovely, lovely feedback like these people here we have. like it. Voice messages are good as well, just saying. Christmas time. Conversationstreet.podbean.com is our blog. If you love the Conversation Street podcast but you want to see some old episodes and you don't really understand how YouTube works, go to our blog. It's <laughs> all there. There's even a lot of stuff on the blog that you can't get on YouTube as well. But you can get some great stuff on YouTube, including... There's lots of exclusives. Including Ellie Mulvaney's video um, version of the Ken's Snog Married and Avoid quiz that we did last I week. I love that. Check that out. And also just this week, or just earlier this evening actually, the Irma Barlow profile from episode 389 got put up there. Because um, today is the 51st anniversary of um, Irma Barlow leaving the street. Sad times. She can still come back, I still believe it. Come on, Sandra Goff, pick up that phone. Or they can pick it up to her. Um, if, for money. if you're still on Twitter, and I believe lots of people still are, we're there at Conversation Stir. We're on Spotify. It, I don't know why I need to say that's because it sounds like lots of people listen to us on Spotify. It's all a bit of a mystery to me. And um, yeah, Patreon. It's great. Yeah. We, we, we run, we're running out of bottles, though. We are no, like, we've no more bottles now. You've missed your boat. You've oh, missed yeah. your I, Yeah, no, we've got some bottles um, put to one side for some um, patrons who will, who yeah. are still waiting to, to make, make their six months. But um, yeah, I think we might have run out of bottles so, for new patrons. But I will say, you can still join Patreon and you will get a special gift, which will be our 2023 gift. TBC. Yes. Or we and might give you a t-shirt because you you've got some of them knocking about in the attic well, too. If you want a t-shirt, we'll send you a t-shirt. But don't forget that December's month will be donated to charity and we will have something hopefully exciting about to do with that. Hopefully. Um, at some point that yes. we can reveal. Now, speaking um, of exciting things as well, don't forget Conversation Street Awards. That is going to be launching next week. It is that time of year. We still haven't completely um, nailed down what all of the entrants and all of the categories are going to be. Everything is just like a little bit later than usual this year for us. We've been very, very busy people. And um, yeah, so but by this time next week, hopefully you will be able to vote in the 2022 Conversation Street Awards, so keep your eyes peeled for that and your voting fingers Just ready. remember, this is important. It's not like a normal election where it this doesn't... Is, this is serious where stuff. it doesn't really matter who ends up being this is This is the 11th Conversation whatever. Street Awards that's happening next year, uh, the, next week, sorry, and, and the 10th one that you've been able to vote in because the first one we did it ourselves. Normally when you have an election, there's like millions of people all voting, but like in this one... Hardly anyone votes, so your vote counts more. Yeah, that's how it works, everybody. Um, I, and I'm going to do the um, the voting on Google Forms this year because what we usually use, I think we've been using Survey Hero uh, at some point this year. Boring, yeah. They they made it. Ex- you, you had to pay We're for it to get decent. It. We're not doing that. We're doing Google Forms. I hope that's okay for everyone. But yeah, look Democracy out for it. Democracy is free. Is towards what I the say. second half of next week. So. That's it. We've made it. Still three hours or so. That's not bad. I think the precinct chat would have tipped it over a little bit too far, wouldn't it? But um, I've got my fingers crossed for next week, Coronation Street. I hope it's going to be a good one. Christmas is coming up. Stories merging together, coming to a head, maybe. Maybe they'll die. I don't think so. I think it might be a happy Christmas Maybe just Tyrone will die. You do not want Tyrone to die. You don't, do you? He's a proper Corrie legend. He's been on the street for like 25 years. We're not killing him off, sorry. He's been a bit of a naughty boy, but I love him. 
no have, death to I Tyrone. Have my, I have my, my no, line, so no way. I cannot no go way. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. We're going now. We're going to have some warmed-up curry for tea. Hooray! Hooray! Huzzah! <laughs> See you next time. The music Bye. for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, oh, oh.